0: This is Bob Elmore. I played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Part 2, and you're listening to Dean of the Dead. Baby. You are now listening to the Dean of the Dead. Fuck <laughs>
1: To episode number two of the Dean of the Dead Horror Podcast. In this episode, Lady Mary and Michael brings us all the latest news from Horrorland in the blood-soaked bulletin. Myself, UK Haunters' main man Dan Brownlee, and Dustin from the Barons Hideout podcast discuss Chuck Russell's 1988 creature feature classic,
0: The Blob.
1: And finally, myself and Marco chat to Leatherface himself, Mr. Bob Elmore from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. So kick back, pour yourself a large one, and join in a banter with the Dean of the Dead Horror Podcast. Here we go.
2: Greetings, you nasty batch. I'm Lady Miriam, and this is the Blood Soaked Bulletin. Social media is everywhere, and now some of our favorite horror characters are officially influencers. According to an analysis conducted by Curry's PC World, Pennywise is affiliated with so many hashtags that it, pun intended, could charge $15,000 for a sponsored post on Instagram. Other horrific influencers include Chucky, Jigsaw, and Hannibal Lecter. MTV is back in the news and with a first, its very own horror slasher franchise. Having become a staple in pop culture with music videos and eventually the production of reality TV, the company is embracing its history in the form of satire by giving us their promising new format, My Super Psycho Sweet Sixteen. Doug Jones is a living legend within the horror community. From the undead to sea creatures, he has played them all. Now the makeup artists and hair Guild will be giving him the inaugural The Chair Award for his patience, skill, and professionalism when morphing into the numerous characters he has played in films like Hocus Pocus, The Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, and many others. And speaking of awards, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation recently announced the nominees for their 33rd annual GLAAD Media Awards, and there's a surprise entry amongst the category of outstanding new TV series, namely the first season of Don Mancini's Chucky. President and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis says in a statement that the nominees highlight a growing landscape of LGBTQ visibility and serve as a reminder to the crucial role that media can play in the growing LGBTQ acceptance in the face of ongoing attacks against the community. If you're into classic monster anthologies, you're going to want to add this gem to your wish list. as Black Spot Books will be releasing classic monsters unleashed in July with over 25 stories of famous monsters. The book will be, quote, packed with tales to terrify and delight and breathtaking art, end quote. Call to action for all Italian horror film superfans. The creators of In Search of Darkness are teaming up with the filmmakers of the found footage phenomenon to create the ultimate Italian horror superdoc. This film is meant to be completely community-driven, so if you want to share your opinions on the subgenre and follow their progress along the way, get more information on the project on www.italianhardoc.com. That's all for now from the Blood Soaked Bulletin. Back to you, Dean.
3: Beware of the blob. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch. Be careful of the blob.
1: Okay, Dan, Dustin, welcome on to the Dean of the Dead podcast. Uh, just for our listeners, uh, Dan Brownlee, film director, horror aficionado, all around top, top geezer. Dan has made a number of awesome films, including 2020's UK Haunters, uh, a documentary focusing on the UK haunt scene. Uh, Dan, that was an awesome documentary, man.
3: Thank you. Um, I, I disagree. with the made a ton of awesome films. I think I've made a couple. <laughs> I think
1: That's they're cool. all awesome.
3: I love yeah, them.
1: I, I, yeah, one of, them one of them's very questionable. Very <laughs> questionable. <laughs> Are you allowed to can we mention
3: that or do you know? You can well I wouldn't because I don't want people I don't want to really put my name to it without me justifying quite the shit show that, that shoot was. very so, uh, you know.
1: Well let's just go with Dan has made a ton of awesome films and one of them was definitely twenty twenty UK Haunters, uh, a documentary focusing on the UK haunt scene. Uh one question I don't think I've ever asked you yet, or maybe I have, but it didn't sink in because I'm notoriously crap at processing information. What's your favourite haunt? The favourite, your the best haunt you've ever done? where uh, US, UK, wherever. I'm sure you've probably told me before, but... Oh... If it's, I'll tell you what, what's your... You know what? As no, soon as, have... you as you made UK haunters, what was your favourite UK haunt that you did when you did that? Or just ever, the best one you've ever been to in the UK? Right.
3: I have several answers here. One of my best experiences in a haunt was yep. one in Florida where I was, walked walk past someone who kind of, they were just completely shrouded in black, like a big black cloth over their entire body. And they had horns and I didn't do anything. The whole group walked past them and I walked past them. I walked up the stairs, turned the corner, they checked curiosity, turned their head back. And then they just turned their head, stared at me and started slowly walking towards me and followed me. But uh, good Pretty, wow. much, pretty much for the rest of the horn, that spun me the fuck out. I thought that was so clever because they didn't do a jump scare to anyone, and they yeah. they were probably not going to do anything anyway. Yeah. But when I turn my head around, they're just like, right, that's it. Let's fuck him up. Terrifying. Cool. awesome. The best horn experience I've had was with the first time having horror nights, there was a school bus, and there was there used to be a little church there. If everyone knows the area, it's where the pumpkins always used to be. And there was a little church there, a tiny thing, like it was no bigger than a shed. But I didn't know what it was. So I just went, oh, what's this? Walked in there and there's was a bang, 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 like scare, 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 scare. Wow. I came out shaking. So and that, that was a really good one. English one? There was a really good one this year. This year? Last year. Um, yeah. In Spooky World, mm. a clown actor in okay. spooky world who really impressed the living the hell out of me. There was one of those um, ribbon mazes. Yeah. But it wasn't really a maze. It was a lot of it. it was open. Right. So they really, in the bugger just got me by the shoulders and like dragged me back jaw style. Yeah. So literally I went just and it got completely lost and ended up bumping into somebody else that made them scream made me scream. So yeah, <laughs> I mean there's, man, oh, there's so many but they're three of, they're, they're, they're Top three ish. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could maybe top them if I had more time, but they're three very good ones. I'll always, will always remember.
0: We're spoiled for
1: choice in the UK now, really, because we're really catching up with this. I feel like Dustin over in the states, there yeah, you've got a lot of haunts because they, you, you know, all over the place. There's that epic home haunts thing on YouTube, uh, Dan. I know you know those guys, um, and you know home haunts, man. Some of these places look incredible. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have a big fucking house to do it. And, and yeah, they just big, did. Uh, the I think cash. there's
4: a documentary about um all like the you know home haunts and stuff. And it was that one guy yeah. that yeah. I cool, actually really nice. wanted to go to, but um like he, you can go there and all you gotta do is just give him like a you know some dog food to feed his dogs and you can go to his house. I forget
1: what the hell. Oh, Mckayme Manor. Mckayme Manor.
4: Yes, that one. Um, yeah. I wanted I wanted to take a trip to go over there, but the guy is booked all the time. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's, like, so you have to, like, reserve, like, two years in advance. Yeah. It's yep. ridiculous. But if you want to get really fucked up and, you know, really yeah. get scared, that's where you want to go, man. Things Russ,
1: I, Russ I, McKamey. I'm not I, sure I want to do that one. No, man, things
3: but... up, I, I really don't. No. Do you want to get really fucked up? No. No, I
4: don't. I, really don't. <laughs> I want don't. I want to do something like that at least once in my life.
1: At least well, once. All right, I'm gonna find this for you. Hang on, right. So check this out, dude. I'm gonna read this out on it because this will be this will be fun. So um, me and a group of friends, um, we're gonna go. It was, we're gonna do this in March. We're gonna go over to Bel. We were gonna do it. I don't know whether it's gonna go ahead now because the the we looked into the travel restrictions. Dan, I think you gave me a heads up.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, trying I'm to get over to Belgium it. at the minute is just it's just not happening unless you've unless you've got loads of money man it's just it's ridiculous it's, it's really bad anyway um so there is a, a haunt over there that they put on I think they only put it on for one weekend like three days and you have to be invited so you email them they send they 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 check you out and then they they drop you it's very kind of exclusive and then they drop you an email back to let you know if you you're invited along to do it and um, and I thought okay so the uh, group of friends of ours were um so they'd signed up for it and they'd been accepted so I was like you know what sod it I'm gonna give it a go um so I sent them an email I got I got my invite my invite came back but they sent me a waiver <laughs>
4: um oh no let me what? just let me what? just I imagine probably gnarly. let me just read you this
1: shit hang on hold on so they sent me this back this is this helped me make my decision as to whether I was gonna do or not this is an immersive horror simulation you participate out of your own volition and understand the risks involved if you do not understand or don't agree with any of the following points if you have any questions or in case of any doubts contact us at bloody blah are you ready here we go physical and psychological risks are involved in this production and participants might leave with bruises scratches or scrapes you agree to waive our responsibility for any potential injuries or damage to your belongings potential elements inside include triggering subject matter touching pushing scratching aggressive handling darkness confined spaces strobe lighting fog smoke loud noises trip hazards stairs partial or full nudity don't mind that restriction of movement hands and feet might be bound Restriction of sight, restricted breathing for prolonged periods. Ooh. No thanks. Mouth gagging, electrical stimulation, sharp objects, uncomfortable positions, pressure on torso or limbs, extreme temperatures, contact with liquids and various substances, contacts with colorants, submersion in water. Again, no thanks. Ingestion of edibles, ingestion of alcoholic beverages. Yes, please. Uh, participants might be forced to handle other participants. I'm like, man.
3: Uh, no, that's, I'm not, that's a whole list of fuck this shit. Well.
4: That seems like that's like way extreme. it's just like, want be way more than up. the manner, like the manner. Like he does some crazy stuff over there, but like, yeah, that's, that's crazy.
1: They just sound like they just want to kick shit. They eh? want to
4: literally get you to the brink to where you are going to die, and then you get out and you're like, oh wow, what a ride. <laughs> But yeah. no, you're going to come up right. with some trauma. Yeah, yeah No.
3: Right. I'm not keen on that.
2: I'm not um, about
4: that yeah, yeah, I'm
1: not keen on that. So, well, yeah, my favourite haunt over here, um, whilst we're just on the subject of haunts, uh, is, uh, well, the one that I did last year was Dr. Frights. Dan, I know you did that as well. Um, they did a particular maze called the Yokai Temple, which was kind of themed on... It's kind of like the grudge, uh, that kind of vibe. It, and I, I, I was terrifying, man. It was very minimal. Uh, they used a lot of shadow effects. Um cool. You know, that kind of like, you see those Japanese silhouettes behind the screens, that kind of thing. That,
3: that one fucked mm-hmm. up Nike. Ah, oh, it, really
1: really, it was really, it was terrifying. Funny. And they used this one particular um, scare that I've never seen in any other maze where you turn the corner, it's pitch black, and you can see a screen in front of you. And on that screen, you can see yourself and you can see yourself, like, you know, the green light, um, walking towards... The screen and you're like, and it kind of throws you off because you're thinking, "What's going on?" And then in the background on the screen, you see this kind of big masked figure coming at you from behind, and then you realise <laughs> that figure's actually fucking behind you. You're like,
4: ah! oh the, yeah, that'd get me too.
1: It's it's the way you really play with your mind at first, and then you realise this person's behind. It was really good the way they did it.
3: That that's the thing I that I got basically was the, the crux of the documentary is American Haunts a uh, slicker. Um, better production value i find that english horns have more ingenuity now my experience of american horns are what i've seen on youtube videos they haven't been obviously america's bigger than europe so this is, might be generalization i might have a bunch of people going bang you're chatting shit but from what i've seen and experienced that is the experience i've had to english yeah. and america yeah that's
4: there's actually one that's um really close to me that i really like that they keep redoing it's um called barrett's um haunted mansion i'm pretty sure that's what they have it labeled as and they change it every year um last year they were doing like a really cool like biohazard like thing and it's in a house um but this year what they what what they were doing is like you'd walk in and it's like all like mutant zombies and stuff like that but they have like these um floors that shake Mm. so when you're walking it's shaking and then you like you like tip into like barrels and stuff like that and then there's like a bunch of like other like gooey zombies and stuff, but they like up the ante every year. It's it's crazy. And then they have a, a separate thing that's like like a maze. Wow. And they have people like on like um chains where they can like jump at you and jump away. Um people chasing you with chainsaws all the time. Um it's it's really, really cool. It's, that's my favorite place to go. And it's not that expensive. It's like um Compared to some of the other places, um, that can get very, very pricey. But yeah, yeah, that one's like only like twenty minutes away from me and it's like fifty dollars US. That's um really not that bad. And for for a haunt that lasts like forty five minutes.
1: Oh wow, cool. And do they just run that every Halloween or is that do they is that on all year round?
4: Um they do that usually from late September to early November. So it's a pretty long period they do it. Um, and it was just a twenty uh, fifth or thirtieth anniversary last year, so that's why they were like kind of like redoing things and whatnot. Yeah. Um I remember one year that um inside the house like they had people like literally climbing on the walls, which was really, really cool. I don't wow. remember how they were doing that, but um yeah, that was that was really, really creepy. Um it's really super then, dark in there.
1: Then we need to add that to the list, man, when we visit yeah, the US. Yeah. I mean I know I think the plan is this year to go west coast. Maybe we could do East. You're East, right?
4: I'm East. Yeah, my,
1: yeah, my geography's terrible. But yeah, East, uh, maybe we can add that to the the 2023 itinerary.
4: So. And uh, Dean, if you do end up coming and we go to Salem, usually um, some of their haunted houses are usually open um, all year round too. So oh, wow.
1: Do okay. That. Sold,
4: sold, sold, sold.
1: Um, oh,
3: Count Orlock's Gallery. Yep. I'll, go I place. go
4: there. I'm there oh, religiously. Wow. It's a wax museum and there's a new a new one that this added that has a bunch of um, jump scares. It's not like with count. It's called like I think the Monster Museum, which is also like wax figures and stuff. But they have like animatronics that people came out to make that like do jump scares and stuff. It's really, really cool. So there's definitely some stuff I, I do want to show you. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. like. I am so sold. Uh,
1: transmitting live from the Cradle of Liberty, Boston, Massachusetts. Ah, I can't talk properly today. God damn, I told you I haven't done this for a while, man.
2: Oh, when
3: I'm all good. chatting, find... one of the places you might be moving to. What's that? Boston. It was Boston or Tampa were I the places know. Jesse's work could move her to. Dude, man, you've got mm-hmm. a friend in Boston already, now. Awesome.
4: <laughs> That's awesome. I guess there's a lot of people around here yeah. that I don't know. That should probably know.
1: <laughs> Transmitting live from the cradle of liberty, namely Boston, Massachusetts, one of the coolest cats on the horror scene, Dustin, man. Dustin, how you doing, dude?
4: I'm doing great, Dean, and as always, it's a pleasure to be here and you know do any kind of crazy projects that you're doing. So it's always an honor to to be here with you, my yeah, uh, good friend love, across the pond.
1: We we love having you here, man. And do you know what I've realized now? We've got uh, Dustin, Dean and Dan. It was the three Ds. We're like a massive. <laughs> Like the, you know, what's the uh, uh, in Total Recall with the three big boobs
3: she's got? Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I was be going to make bra, a triple, triple
3: one. D, but I felt better of it. So. It'll be a tri- triple D, D, D bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Dusty his own horror theme podcast show called The Barons Hideout. So you should all go and, you should all definitely go and check that out. It's very very cool. There's some great movie discussions and also a horror quiz.
4: Yep, we uh, started our year off this year. It's our season two that we're doing our horror trivia, and we still have a bunch of cards that um, Dean can probably see on my desk over here that we are <laughs> running through um, until we're completely done. So that's at the end of all of our episodes to do about okay. in between six to 10 cards. So amazing, it's super fun!
1: Awesome. So today's movie that we have picked for the segment of the show, we call
5: Oh my god, I can't believe you never seen that.
1: <laughs> gets me every time uh so today's movie is the 1988 remake of the blob uh directed by chuck russell who also directed one of my favorite freddy installments the dream warriors absolute, i agree I, I love that one so much uh and he also directed the mask do you guys know that? I, have, I have some fun facts about that yeah
4: yeah no, I, sure I,
1: I, 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 I
3: didn't realize he did the mask yeah shoot yeah, know? I was looking on the
4: IMDb earlier and I saw that. I was like, oh, nice. I love The
3: Mask. Yeah. The Mask was meant to be a horror film. Uh, okay. And the execs wanted an ex-Freddy Krueger. And they thought, oh, okay, so the mask... So have you ever read the comics? Because the comics are brutal and gory. And that's what the execs wanted. The execs are like, right, we want to... And it's completely the polar opposite to every other movie situation. The execs went, right, we want hardcore, all right, rated horror. Just like the comics. So we're going to get this guy in. He's good with surreal horror. He did Dream Warriors. It's an amazing film. We'll get him. And the director turned around and said, no, I want to do a musical comedy. And they were like, well, what about hardcore bloody horror? And he went, no, I want to do a musical comedy.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine The Mask as a hardcore horror?
3: The Mask should have be been the next Freddy. The- I
4: think it needs
1: so to be The director fucked it. I'm an to wow. What the hell? What's going on with the world? Chuck Russell, man. I was loving Chuck Russell until you just told me that.
4: Let's go. Let's go and make the horror version ourselves, Dean. Let's do it.
1: Can, sure you imagine, can you imagine a mask as a really hardcore horror film? Well, it'd be amazing. He's freaking looking. It's it, it, acne
4: <laughs> logic with
1: gore. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I agree. <sighs> I agree. So The Blob, Dan, you picked this movie for me because obviously I'd never seen it before. And when you asked me if I'd seen The Blob and I said no, I think your actual response was, motherfucker, have you not seen The Blob? <laughs> <laughs> it's like real Samuel L. Jackson style. It's like, motherfucker, please, it's have just you not can seen can The Blob? I can't <laughs> believe it.
3: You're the same age as me. It's eighty-eight. It's oh, a classic yeah. gore film. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were joking. But <laughs> you were right. I was. I, you were right. How have I not? How would I never seen this movie? I mean, it's got fucking Bill Moseley in it for Christ's sake. It's got. It's got one. The. It's got the killer from Saw. Oh, dude. The later yeah. one. You know what I mean? Oh. It's just. Yeah. It, how you? How does it <laughs> slip
1: past you? It is fucking fantastic, man. It is. I, I can't believe it slipped me by. I remember the trailer when I was a kid. I remember seeing the posters for it. I remember seeing the trailer when I was a kid. But I, for some reason or other, I never got around to seeing it until now, man. And I'm so glad I did because what what a great movie. We're going to start this off. It is an absolutely fantastic movie. Um, uh, do you know that the film wasn't actually originally called The Blob? The, the first one, the 58 version? No. Um, the original title was The Molten Meteor.
4: I feel like I've heard that before, but I don't remember where. Uh, yeah, actually, it had three. It had
1: three different titles before it became the Blob. So it had. This is the 1958 version, obviously, is the very the first one. So it was. Uh, it started off as the Molten Meteor, and they scrapped that, and they were going to call it the Mass. Uh, and then they they scrapped that, and they were going to call it the Glob. <laughs>
3: I mean, oh my God! I'm glad I, I didn't just, do that.
1: It just sounds like a flipping porno, doesn't it?
3: See, the thing is that on the only one, <laughs> one that really bugged me was the molten meteor. Because by using the word molten, mm. you assume that when it globbed on people, they will just they'll be molten because of some heat. But yeah. what makes it so fucking freaky is it's yeah. essentially just stomach acid. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's so horrible. Because when someone like I don't know, Right, okay. We'll be dropping spoiler warnings because I'm, I'm going to. It's eighty-eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's if you're indicator. like me and you haven't
4: seen it yet, spoilers, spoilers, huge
3: spoilers. So spoilers. <laughs> yeah. like when when your first guy dies and he's getting it all dragged over him, yes. he's still alive, screaming because it is literally eroding his skin man. layer by layer. That's what makes it so fucking terrifying. Well,
1: man. we'll cut. We've got the kill list coming up of this one, these ones anyway. So we can we can break all these kills down one by one. But I totally agree with you, man. There was there was some harrowing. Uh, visuals going on. And it is all or about 19- the kills,
3: man. this nin- film is all about the kills.
1: For nine for a nineteen a movie that was made in nineteen eighty eight, it's pretty damn harrowing some of it. They did um,
3: not come about, that's why.
1: So uh Dan, when did when did you first discover the movie, Dan? When did you first watch it and
3: one of my, my dad had a solid business as a shipbroker, but he always liked doing things other side projects for shits and giggles and he actually started running like a mum pop video shop out of our house because he fancied doing something else and he got horrors in and i was i was a horror kid from word dot i love monsters i love okay. creatures i love special effects so after much nagging it was like look man you want to get nightmares knock yourself out so i must have watched it probably when it came out so i'm 44 now oh how would i have been in 88 i would have been probably 10, 11 so i was 11 when i watched it so I was probably too young but yeah but it just stuck yeah. with me it was just the practical, and it's, they always say they don't make movies like this anymore, because they won't, because yeah. it wouldn't be practical. Yeah, And yeah. it wouldn't be practical, I mean, like, practical effects, but also it wouldn't be practical to do practical effects when you can do so much more CGI, yeah. so much cheaper, it would be yeah. more budget-friendly, so would, they literally would not do this, like this anymore.
1: Yeah, which is such a shame, because... The, Unless the... it's
4: indie. I feel like yeah. if, if like an indie, like somebody who's not underneath, you know, a, a company, and had the funds to do it, then I think I think it's possible for something like this to be made again. Yeah. And I honestly feel like indie is, you know, the way to go nowadays for any horror because it's so revolutionary now.
1: I love indie horrors, man. I really support indie horrors. Like me, me and Amitra to a very, very, very independent horror film festival over the weekend. And it's great. I mean, you do get some questionable movies sometimes, but, you know, you also get some, there's some really good finds.
3: But Also, but- it's just, it's, it's a celebration of the fact that anyone can do it. Yeah, it really is, man. It's like fuck yep. the gatekeepers, man. If right, say so your film's not going to make any money, but you did it. Yeah. Why the hell Exactly. That, man? You
4: made
1: something. Oh, exactly, man. And I love that sort of creativity in people. And I always anything independent, whether it's film, music, whatever. Uh, the DIY ethic, the punk ethic, man, fucking all day long for me. Um, have you guys both seen the original Blob? The I have, amazing? yes.
2: Yeah,
4: have okay. not in a long it? time, but I have seen it. Have you seen, you seen it? You seen it,
3: Seen se- I've seen
1: both I've seen the sequel as well. Ah, okay, movie. we'll come to that, we'll come to that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it, but... Uh, so for anyone there. out there you who... The original blog, What's that? I mean, have
3: you seen the
1: original Blob? Dude, I haven't seen the remake Blob, let alone the fucking 58. I mean, I have now, but I hadn't... No.
3: <laughs> I've <laughs> yeah, never I seen the remake on. Are we doing Blob triple bill. We're getting <laughs> loads of jelly. We're getting <laughs> snacks. <laughs> We're getting jelly shots. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm up for that mate I'm up for that 100% Blobfest will happen Blobfest and will happen there's Blobfest
3: a ton of films happen. that I still can't believe
1: you haven't seen I know man so for anyone out there who was like me or like, like me before I hadn't seen the blob who hasn't seen the blob shame on you um <laughs> Uh, the blob, for anyone that hasn't seen it yet, the blob is a slimy substance made as part of a chemical experiment during the Cold War. Uh, it spreads havoc in the city of Arborville, California, and disfigures the people who come into contact with it. And boy, <laughs> does it disfigure some of these that the IMDb um, description? Uh, I don't
3: think so. All right, because I thought that's really fucking spoiler heavy if it is. I mean, it's ninety eight, nineteen eighty eight, man. <laughs> I know, but yeah, but if it's on IMDb, you'd think that you know at least
1: um, it's it. it's lifted from the net, yeah. But it's I don't may, maybe yeah, it's IMDb
4: sometimes episode. is very weird too. Like sometimes they are very spoilery, and then sometimes they don't give enough information. They're very weird. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's lifted from the net. It could be it's one of the first things that came across. It's quite possibly IMDb. And also, was it Cold War?
3: I don't think it was.
1: Maybe that was the fifty eight description.
3: No, it wasn't that.
4: Either. I'm on IMDb right now. Do you want me to read what it says on IMDb? Yeah. yeah go for go. It says um, a deadly ent- entity from space crashes near a small town and begins consuming everyone in its path. Um, panic ensues as shady government scientists try to contain the horrific creature.
3: Yeah, that's fair enough. That's that's
4: more. That's you like that oh. better?
3: Yeah, we ain't <laughs> that one, indeed.
1: I prefer that one. <laughs> <laughs> This is where people who hadn't seen the blob watch the blob, and they're like, your description's wrong, Dean. <laughs> it's
4: like, that's the wrong movie, man.
1: <laughs> uh, right, so um, let's kick off with the cast. Um, it has a very young pre-Saw movie, Shawnee Smith, who plays one of the main protagonists, Meg Penny. Do you know I watched this movie? I've watched this movie a good few times now since I've, you know, I've never watched it in my entire life, and now I've probably watched it about 10 times. Um, the first few times I watched it, I didn't actually realise that was Shawnee Smith. I, t- I always turned it off before the end credits. Uh, and I watched it back and I was sitting of through the credits. I was like, whoa, Shawnee Smith, okay. And then I then I was like, oh yeah. And she was like 19 when she made this. Yeah, pretty young. Yeah, I've met, I've met her before. She's really nice, really, really lovely. I gave her a bottle of my. Saw-themed sauce.
4: <laughs> oh, there you go.
1: That's, she that's definitely appropriate. She, she, she signed a picture and said, um, thanks for the sauce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I didn't, at the time, obviously I didn't realize she was in a blob. So where, if she ever comes around again, I definitely want to meet her again to talk about the I
3: blob. Now you need a blob-themed sauce. Oh, I was just going to
1: say that. Now you need to make a blob-themed sauce. Oh, just, it, it's just, it's got to be done, isn't it? The blob. But I mean, what else could you call it other than the just blob? let make
4: it a jelly. Just make it a jelly.
1: I mean, just the title. Oh my but God, you know. have
4: jams as well, don't you? I do. Boom. Not that many, but I mean, you could definitely... D- Dean, come on.
1: Oh, man. It's giving it
4: to you right now.
1: Food for thought, literally. Have so looking very much like the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. We have a, a young Kevin Dillon. <laughs> he looks like the Night Stalker. With with that, with that yeah. crazy hair in in this movie, I keep get I keep, when I was watching it, I kept calling him Kevin Bacon for some reason. I get Kevin. Honestly, Bacon.
4: I was doing the same thing. I was like, I, this guy I know it is it is it Kevin Bacon? No, it's the it's other Kevin. Easily, it's
1: easy to mistake the two because they both got like piggy features. <laughs> they both kind of look a little bit kind of piggy. Like, sorry, Kevin Dillon, yeah. sorry Kevin Bacon, you are both great actors, but you both look like
4: I know exactly what you mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Dylan plays Brian Flag. I think they call him a rowdy. He's like a, a rebel, like a, ju- a juvenile delinquent. Um, come hero, we find out by the end of the movie. Um, but that hair, man, that hair. Uh, Playing, yeah, uh? it's the eighties. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, man, that hair. I mean, back back in the eighties, but every dude was watching that movie going oh my god man how would you get hair like that
3: in fact <laughs> I think the perfect sequel would have been his hair gets possessed <laughs> and oh my god yeah
1: <laughs> and a little bit of the blob gets into his hair and his hair comes alive, alive
3: it. And, uh, <laughs> beautiful locks going around
1: I love that man dude that is That is your next film you've got to make that Kevin. and it's got to be Kevin Dillon's hair <laughs> <laughs> not Kevin Bacon's hair Kevin Dillon's <laughs> Kevin Dylan's hair comes alive
3: yeah. and only if we can call the character Dylan Bacon
4: <laughs> Dylan Bacon, there you go
1: there you oh, go, I like man. it and no one will know, it'll just be an in-joke between us guys yeah. um, playing Sheriff Herb Geller we have Jeffrey DeMont uh, probably best known these days for having played uh, Dale in The Walking Dead I think it was in the first two seasons uh, you guys Walking Dead fans?
4: Uh, I was not until about um, season six and I dropped out.
1: I think it was about the same,
4: I think. I think I dropped out about then.
3: I dropped out? Oh, yeah, around... so cool. How many seasons are there? Is there 10? Oh, no. There's like
4: 12, I think. Right, I think yeah, They're on done. the last one right now.
3: I dropped out at six. I came back for Negan. Then I got yeah. bored again. Then I really loved the concept of The Whisperers. Yes. I thought they were fucking <laughs> fantastic, but even that got a bit dry a bit quickly
1: i dropped out i think around when they captured negan and that was the last i saw i couldn't even tell you anything about that to be fair it's i wouldn't mind revisiting it from the
4: beginning again um yeah i think i will once like it's uh, completely done and has binged the whole thing just to say i watched it all yeah yeah
1: for sure you got to finish these things I, I do this with a lot of shows man i get to the end and it really tails off and then i never finish it like dexter I never finished yep. off Dexter. Oh
3: my God, have you seen the most recent series?
1: Well, no, this is the thing. I, I don't had time. To, I want to go back and watch the end of the last Dexter. It was the bit where he started. his sister started falling in love with him. I was like, what the fuck's going on here?
3: That's his wife in real life. Well, uh, was, yeah. Oh, was?
1: Hmm, oh. yeah um yeah the bit when that when that started happening i was just like this is getting a little bit too weird for me man uh but i would i wouldn't now they brought out this new one i wouldn't mind going back watching it just to see how that ended and and then because this one's getting rave reviews
3: it's also yeah. very self-contained as well it's like it kind of wraps it up nicely
1: okay the ending that it deserved because the first four seasons were really good mm. Really good. Um, so then we have uh, Donovan Leach, I don't know how you pronounce this. Leitch or Leitch? Donovan Leitch, who plays Paul, the character Paul, one of the other pr- pr- protagonists. Um, Donovan's father is actually the Scottish folk singer and songwriter Donovan. I
4: don't
1: know if you guys have ever heard of Donovan.
4: Uh, once I was reading the IMDb, I went to go check it out. Mm, yeah, I couldn't tell you a Donovan song. I've heard of Donovan, um,
1: Donovan? but I couldn't tell you. Any of his songs, um, yeah, I don't remember uh, them, any of them either. (laughs) Sorry, Donovan, (laughs) and sorry, Donovan Leach, Donovan Leach or Lech or however you pronounce your name. Um, he's not really done much else, I think he's done a bit of TV. What's that,
3: We should have a Donovan song to play us out.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I can do one better than that, man. I've got the Blob 1958 theme tune.
3: Oh, I love that theme tune.
1: We'll come to that soon.
2: Um,
1: we've got the uh, one and only Bill Moseley playing a soldier. Now, this movie, I mean, this movie's great, but it lost points for me a little bit
4: because it didn't feature more Bill Moseley. I don't... The thing is, uh,
3: you forget, mm-hmm. Bill Moseley wasn't that big.
4: No, this was his... Fifth, I, was, I was looking at... This was his fifth um, IMDb credit, so a lot of the other stuff was very, very, like, minimal roles and stuff like that. Was so this was, was, is like, right before he started, like getting momentum with his stuff and doing music right. and stuff like that. Was-
3: so Chainsaw I
4: was curious about that too.
3: James Cartoo's were always really known for till of course Rob Zombie picked him up. Yeah. Um, yep. And got him super famous again.
1: Yeah, true. You can see that like, when you see him in the kind of hazmat suit and he he's just got such weird features, isn't he? He's, he's like awesome. really strange features. But like you can tell this you could tell this guy's gonna go on to do some cool shit. His his mouth is like, you know. Yeah, Mosley
4: is weird. the shit.
1: Oh, I love him! I love him! I love him! Um, we have the uh, potential date rape victim Baywatch's Erica Eleniak. Eleniak. Uh she makes an appearance as the character Vicky DeSoto. Um, yeah, yeah, she's hot. Uh, <laughs> that's it, man. I like
3: the way you go, date rape victim, and she's hot in the same time.
1: <laughs> I said but potential date rape victim. It's, uh, not for me, not for me. <laughs> in the movie. In the movie. <laughs> in the
2: movie. <laughs> in the movie oh, man.
1: um, so there's some other celebrity cameos as well that you guys might not have known. Um, or maybe you do, I don't know. Uh, the actor who plays. The leader of the wheeler, hang on, what's the best way around of doing this? Okay, so the movie theatre owner. So you know when they go to the movie theatre? The guy's uh,
3: on the
1: ceiling. Yeah, so the, you got yeah. the guy on this, the projection just on the ceiling, and you got the movie theatre owner that goes in and goes, wow, and he looks up. That dude is the, he was the leader of the wheelers from Return to Oz. Do you remember Return yes. to
3: Oz? Yeah, I didn't
4: know that. Oh, Okay.
1: Do you remember that Dustin? You know remember the Wheelers and you got the, the guy that used to creep you out as a kid, man. He to, ah, he's the
2: yep, kind of yep.
1: crazy boy. So yeah, that's him. He's that, the projectionist. Um wow. plays plays the, the movie theatre owner. So yeah, we we all we get our own back on him for terrifying us as children when the uh, the blob uh lands on his head and yeah. Then we got Paul Paul McCrane, who was uh he played the police deputy. Uh he was also one of the thugs from Robocop.
4: Yep, that's why he looks familiar to me.
1: Yeah, he was the the toxic waste thug.
4: Yep, oh, that, the best one. Yes, the, the
1: very the memorable, memorable one. Yeah,
4: was definitely um, poisoned my mind for oh, a few yeah, years dude. as a kid.
1: I think that was the first 18 certificate movie that I ever watched when I was younger, and that particular scene, yeah, definitely. That's I was
4: not ready for that man. No, oh, <laughs> no, brilliant, brilliant stuff.
1: But yeah, anyway, anyway, it's quite ironic how you know he. Uh, plays a toxic waste thug in robocop and and then I guess he came
4: back for robocop 3. It says I don't know what he was playing. Oh. But it's in his IMDb, so. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: This guy, right? We also have Candy Clark of American Graffiti. She plays the owner of the local diner. Um there is a uh, Jamison Newlander who is Alan Frog uh, in Lost Boys. He plays the Cinema Russia. Okay um and also oh this one was pretty cool a razor the guy that played a razor lynch's that jack nods uh he plays the rather absent-minded doctor you know when they take can man into the uh the hospital at the beginning and the doctors
4: is that that's really him that's a Razorhead man yeah
2: wow
4: really i didn't even know that holy shit. i have to rewatch this now just to look at that
1: yeah that's a Razorhead. yeah um that's the dude jack nods uh it's just such a shame that there was no Nick Cage in this movie. Oh, imagine. <laughs> can you imagine? If Nick Cage was in this movie as well as all those other people, I but think it would be the best movie Col- of all time.
3: Follow Out of Space, I think, is more of a Nick Cage blob film. Than yeah, was- I guess you,
1: you can say that, yeah. Yeah. I guess you a can young, say that. A young, wild, crazy Nick Cage in a 1988 blob.
4: I mean, w- he did what... Um, what the hell was his movie that he did? the vampire what the fuck was it called recent in the 80s oh no i
0: know
3: what you mean
4: is it something va- something vampire or something <laughs> like that i'm thinking of one spit in but that was jim carrey's one
3: kiss of the vampire that was called
4: i think it was something like that when he was trying to pretend to be a vampire and stuff yeah. that was such a good movie i don't think i've seen that one
1: what dean i know man <laughs> there's dude? another another future podcast recording right
3: once, once i found out he hadn't seen the blog. Everything's off the table. You
4: tell me- <laughs> I'm gonna have to <laughs> compile a list for you, just so you can start doing checking things off. <laughs> what was
1: that? What, what was that film you just said called? Was it?
4: I think it's called um. Did the Shadow of the Vampire or Kiss of the Vampire? Nick Cage.
1: So Dustin asked me, "Have I ever seen Shadow of the Vampire?" Nick Cage. I said no, and Dustin said,
5: "Oh my God, I can't believe you never seen
4: that." <laughs> I love that i love
1: that i love i love how it's marco saying it as well and it's just in this really kind of oh my god i can't you like you can't really understand what you said
4: i can't believe i haven't seen that <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have to get different versions of it we'll have to get you doing one down like oh my god like a cockney version i
3: sound cockney
1: you don't sound cockney to be fair no, no you don't
4: um
3: vampires kiss that was it
4: okay yep you need to watch that. If you, if you want...
3: My brain. I'll hold my hands up. That was a Google
1: job. Okay. Never seen it. Never even heard of it.
4: Well, if you want Nick Cage as earliest and being really Nick Cage, that's your, uh, that's your movie. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. They pretty much spawned everything.
1: It's going down on my list right now. So, shall we begin our proto-plasmic deep dive into the Blob's Kill List, of which there are many?
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm all for it, man.
1: I think I think I counted up about thirty-one kills in this movie. I think
3: one for every day of Halloween, Mum.
4: <laughs> Once it gets going, it really gets going. <laughs> like, there's one thing I do want to say about this movie, though, is that you know, in the '80s, like, like they were really starting to do like the um, uh, horror comedies and stuff, and this movie really pins it to be a horror comedy. Yeah. But as soon as the blob shows up it's super serious yeah and really dark (laughs) and that's why i like about it
3: i had a a mate who's not big into horror at all he kind of watches horror stuff he's my 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 non-horror friend he's like there's a good non-horror film we say dan it's not horrible watch it anyway good blob's so old it was on the tv once and he started watching it and it's about this rebel bike who is trying to like fuck you society and i'm gonna get out of this small town he's watching like that and suddenly the blob appears and he's like, what the? He's just like, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't set itself up. Apart from our the opening credits are a bit creepy. But if you just like watch the film unknowingly and go, all oh, right, the credits are weird, but get into it. Yeah, it doesn't set itself up like a horror. It's, it's a real... Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a, a slow burn, but it kind of almost is for the first five minutes. But once it gets going, oh, that burns, yeah. like,
1: boom! A colossal kill list in shoes, man. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um... That's what I thought the first time I watched it as well. I was like, okay, you know, cause it starts off with them. She's um, like a cheerleader and they're playing football. and Yeah,
4: and like, you're uh, like, oh, okay, we're we'll get introduced to the, the two um, um, footballers and stuff like that. And then as yeah. soon as they get to the hospital... Well, so, yeah,
1: so no. the first well, to encounter the blob is uh, the Can Man. So the Can Man sees this, what is like a meteor, we, we think is a meteor, uh, fall out of the sky and uh, he goes over to inspect it and he, he's kind of prodding it with a stick, as you do. <laughs> and it kind of just leaps onto the stick and works its way up the stick and then onto his hand. And, and then, yeah, man. His dog.
3: He's been. Stephen King's creep show. My
1: oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so then uh, Kevin Dillon's kind of, you know Kevin Bacon, Kevin Dillon and his wonderful hair. Uh, he's kind of just you know ac- across the way tinkering around with his motorcycle and he sees the beam of light and he kind of runs over and, um you know to see to see what's going on and he's- he sees can man with an axe <laughs> comes out trying to chop his own fucking arm off i love that scene <laughs> he's like what are you doing what are you doing man <laughs> and then he what does he? he kind of runs off didn't he i think mean, he runs off uh, and then Brian chases him. And then that's when he kind of runs out of, runs out of the out the forest into the road. And then Paul and Meg kind of run it, run him yeah. down. Poor guy, <laughs> oh, man.
4: And he was last... going on a date too, which really sucks.
1: The last hour or so of that guy's life really sucks, man. You know,
3: <laughs> he's still fairness he's homeless picking up cans for a living so i don't think is great. <laughs> it's enough. true love death, but all that any stretch imagination you know. I don't know, man he
4: looked quite happy chucking those cans in that bin he if i cool. was going to make a fortune off of that he was like oh wow, whoa I mean, you get rich <laughs> off this but no nah, dude you're you're fucked
1: <laughs> oh bless him man bless cam man god rest the cam man's soul uh so they take him to the nearest hospital and um the nurse, is she's so, that is literally just what they're In it. They don't give a shit. You walk in and they're not giving you their attention until they finish what they're doing. So what happens then? Yeah, so the nurse, so yeah, so basically um Paul's, Paul is out on, a, out on a date with Meg. And he's like, this guy needs your attention. So she's like, well, you know, I'm doing shit. She's like, oh, you know, so-and-so, just stick him in room three, stick him in room three. Uh, so they stick him in the bed. And then um, there's you know, kind of Paul and Meg sitting down, and he's like, oh, wait, you know, you, this is probably one of the worst dates you've ever been on. Um, You know, do you want, do you want some soda? <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, sure. So he kind of walks off, and then he, he looks through the window, and he just sees a cam line there and a bed under the sheets bubbling away like there's kind of something going on. So he, he goes in to inspect. And then does he call the doctor in first before they lift the sheet up? No, you know, he goes, lifts
4: – I think he lifts up the sheet, and then he goes to the doctor. He's like – I Damn. think <laughs> there's like half a can man left. It might be after he calls the doctor.
1: I think actually, got, I think he looks through and he's like kind of you know. What's he going sees on? him like
4: moving and shaking and stuff. I'm pretty sure. And then no, he no, no, t-
1: actually, no. I remember. I remember. So he walks in to check on him because he sees the blot. He sees something going on under the sheets. And he's like, "What's going on?" He goes in to inspect, and then the can man turns around and he's got these white eyes, and he's like, Ooh! "Yeah, that's right." So he runs in and he grabs the doctor slash a razor head. And then he kind of come running in, and then he, the doctor checks on him, lifts up the sheet, and it's like he's like half, uh, half the bottom half of his body's just kind of melted.
3: Do you know what I like about that bit? Is that bit is a film saying shit's about to get real. Because before yeah, he's, just off, and he's going, "Ow, oh, my hand! I'm going to try and chop off your yeah, that's, <laughs> that's quite gory, man. But yeah, this bit, there's like, right, we ain't fucking around anymore, man. One hundred percent. Yeah,
4: all comedy that's- up until this point, pretty much.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <it's-> <laughs>
4: Quite light, in a way. Yeah, that's, they're playing it very soft, and then they, they really ham it to you right here. Yeah. Especially the next scene that happens, I think, is the most wow. iconic yeah. out of
3: this like, whole oh, film. They, the next scene, they're like, oh, you, you, oh you, you thought we were just fucking around for you thought we were fucking around that next movie? Just wait.
1: Just wait. This was almost like a twist, in a way, like a twist quite early on in the movie, because... They kind of set Paul up that in the short time that we see him, you kind of think this guy. That's guy's what gonna, I was saying. You think he's yeah. like, like, hey,
4: the- there's his two friends who look like they're gonna be like, you know, throughout the whole movie. We yeah. know that something's gonna happen. something needs to be solved. So we're like, okay, these guys are gonna be the ones that're gonna solve it. Yeah. uh no,
1: no, no. <laughs> no. So he's, like, he's yeah, you, you think Paul's gonna be the hero of the tape? But man, they finish him I mean, off in like a. Pre- did,
3: that, that pretty much says, oh, we can kill anyone
1: now. Exactly. Yeah. And they do, <laughs>
3: they do. Yeah, this is what's they great about this movie. There's just they just kill,
1: and we'll get to the one of the kills a bit later on, which uh, it was so flipping brilliant. Um,
3: the the child, uh, what a great kill that one. That's that one freaked me out the most, and I think mm. it freaks me out today because it freaked me out so much when I was yeah, a kid.
1: It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So um, going back to Paul, so Paul's on the phone to the sheriff. And um, and yeah, it's the, it's like a twist in a way because you think Paul's ultimately going to be the hero, but no. <laughs> he looks up and the blobs above him, the blobs on the ceiling, and it just drops down on his head. And uh, and that scene where she runs in and she sees him underneath it, and you see
4: all his face yeah, like reaching out to her, like "Help!" Oh my like. God, that's, that's I think the most iconic scene from this movie. It's epic, cause... man.
1: It looks like The Scream, ghost face mask, is not it? His face is so long and drawn, and it's also
3: mm-hmm. did you know he actually couldn't breathe when they were doing that. Right, okay. And he was a little, I mean, he, he would obviously let him know, So look, by the way, when you're doing this, I can't breathe for shit. Uh, but he was willing to do it, but it was still, it freaked him out a bit, which makes expression even more terrifying because it's actually genuine. Wow. i um, a bit yeah, terrifying. He's like going, I can't fucking breathe. You're just like, like kind of special effects. walking. Yeah. On. <laughs> I wonder.
1: I wonder what um, Scottish folk singer songwriter like legend Donovan thought of that scene. My boy, my boy. No, that, that is genuinely a harrowing uh, image. That though, because when I first saw that, I was like, wow. And you're right, that shit is about to get real. I was like, damn, this film's yeah. not messing around. <laughs> the
2: thing
3: is, what's really horrible is it's the the can man. You saw the aftermaths. You know what he's doing. This you saw the process. Yes. I saw the guy, you know he's burning alive and screaming for help. Yeah. It's such a vile, nasty way to die, man. It is
4: really a, is. It is. On your really. date too.
3: You know With <laughs> <laughs> his like, ripped damn
1: I bet he'd wish he never, never I bet he wish he'd never gone to get that soda for Meg, for Shawnee Smith.
4: <sighs> I know, right.
1: Let, let let her go thirsty next time, Paul uh technically yeah kill three and four so erica eleniak i can never get her name right she's out on a is it eleniak eleniak erica eleniak is out on a date with uh, ricky paul golden who plays the character scott uh that's ricky paul paul with a double l by the way never come across one of them before ricky paul with a double l golden uh who plays the character scott so they're out on a date, and um, I think she's been. I think she's drunk, and uh, he like offers her a drink. He's got. He gives her the. I thought this was quite a cool. Fun, it's this cracked me up actually because he gives her the necklace. She's got the necklace on with a ring around her neck, and then um, he's he's you know he, he's going in for the. Uh, he knows what he wants, and he's like, yeah, let me get you another drink, and he goes. She's kind of nodding off. You can see she's really drowsy. She's pissed, and he kind of gets out of the car and goes around the back, and he f- opens up his boot. It's just like a bar. It's like i have got a full bar. Like
2: what? you
4: know, this guy's done this before. Yeah, right.
1: And also because so, just quickly, sorry, Dan, talking about the the, the that's the bit of the ring, and because he's also got like a box with a load of necklaces with rings on as well. Yeah, so literally, just like a serial date breakers
3: well that's the thing because i because i'm so fucking glad this guy died because even the way it's filmed it's like oh you cheeky so-and-so it's like yeah. Motherfucker, what yeah <laughs> he's getting a drunk to date i mean that's not cool man like, no man but dude but like, dude
1: man do you know what the blob he gets seriously
4: blocked by the blob <laughs> yeah really really <laughs> hard
3: the,
1: the blob, blob the blocks in there i mean he, should the girl have bad.
4: died I don't think so, because he deserves it more than she does. But you, you well, know that, how it goes in this a, movie. A that's
3: a setup, and B everyone can fucking die in this film. The Blob can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh the man, this the is the this is happen. the Blob, man. The Blob the
1: Blob holds no bars whatsoever. So yeah, he, he he's kind of he's copping a fill and you know he's, he's she's, she's falling asleep, and he's kind of unbuttoning buttoning her blouse and. Very uncomfortable and then he and then he goes in for the for the for the grope and yeah, she kinda like shrivels up. <laughs> it's great. And then these tentacles come flying out from you know within her blouse. Oh man. It's so the good. Effects in this movie, I agree. Oh good.
3: Kills just get better and better and more inventive. Yeah, they definitely do, they definitely do. That right. one should have been that kill should have been called booby trap, by the way, just putting it out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, they man. Go. There's a short there. There's a short. There's a short to be made from that, I reckon. Oh, I do. There's a short right there. Booby trap. Yeah. They could pay homage to the blob. So, yeah. So, Kevin, Kevin, they take Kevin Dillon with his lovely hair into (laughs) questioning. The sheriff takes him into questioning. And Dan, he does the lick, man. Do you remember? You know, you're talking about people get too close to you. Yes. What do you do?
3: You You lick them. You know, you know. You know, when people get no, I'm not sure if people do it much in America. I mean, in England, especially in pubs, people like to chat really close to your face. I don't know why people do it; it really fucking annoys me. It happens a lot. Space you invaders. We don't know how to stop them. You lick them. If someone's chatting that close to you, and you just come around <laughs> lick them, they fucking they Which
1: know. is what Kevin Dillon, not Bacon, does in this scene. <laughs> he licks the police officer, exactly. and that instantly made me think of you and your party trick, dude body <laughs> drinks, is defense mechanism yes yeah, sorry your defense mechanism yeah yeah for sure uh, so the blob starts making his way into town he's heading for the for the for the big city um, and then we we we're in the we're in the diner and there's a there's a a block a blockage in the sink so uh, I love the scene yeah this is awesome right so fran fran the waitress she's kind of plugging plunging away at the sink and, and um and then she, the chef says, "You I can't remember his name, but he's like, yeah, you know, leave it, leave it to me, leave it to me. You know what's going to happen, man. But,
3: ev- every time you go to a kill, I go, oh, this is my favourite kill. I ain't talk about the next one. I go, no, no, this is
1: I, Exactly. There's so, this has got to win the prize for the, for the most creative kills. I think it's so great. You know what's going to happen, but it happens. It's just the way, it's so good, man. The effects are great. And, you know, it, if, obviously the blob fires out, lands on his face, grabs him by the face, pulls him down. It's the way you see all the pipes kind of bulging out as he's and kind of he's being blood as well. Yeah, he's being yeah. Sort of crammed. It's very kind of Freddy krueger actually, that bit where he's kind of going through the pipes and they're all kind of like very dreamscape, mm-hmm. and then you just see his legs hanging out on top. Brilliant. But
3: that, no, okay.
1: That comes George, that was his name, 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 sorry.
3: Which I think might be the best.
1: Which one is
3: vote on the best one at the end of this.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. We can we can we can we can do a vote at the end, man. We could do a, we could do a vote. So, uh moving on to kill kill 6 and 7. This is um the the waitress. She she runs out of the out of the diner and and she's she's running oh, up the alley. Up, she, this is great, man. She runs into the again, just a fantastic kill. She runs into the payphone to call the sheriff and then the blob's on top of the phone box and it's just kind of man, that's so claustrophobic, man. And it's, it's not mm-hmm. even
3: that. It's when you see the sheriff's half melted face going That bit. Yes. Fra- it's, it's the thing is that what's so beautiful about it is once she's in that thing, even though she's trying to like block it to stop it, she's fucked. You know, yeah. she's fucked. She's fucked. but maybe yeah. if the police, she did get through to the cop, maybe you could have done something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gets, you're you're fucks beyond fucked. You're beyond fucked. Be fuck, you're done. Oh,
1: you no yeah. getting out of that phone box. No way you're getting on. out of that one. You're done. Yeah, it's so claustrophobic and she's panicking. She's pretty, She'll left yeah. the door open. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, yeah, and then, like you say, Dan, then you see, because she's trying to call the sheriff, the 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 woman at the station's like, we can't get hold of the sheriff. Well, I'll tell you where the sheriff is. He's <laughs> fucking face is smeared up. He's been caught by the blob, and you he's, see he's, his face get smeared up. Doesn't,
3: doesn't his eyes move as well? Is he, like, kind of somehow still alive?
4: Yeah, something like, like that. I think so, yeah. I'll have to rewatch that scene, but I think so.
3: How many levels of fucked up is this scene? You know what I mean? It's, it's so evil.
1: damn cool. It's evil, isn't it, man? It's definitely evil. Um, so let me cut back to Brian, aka Kevin Dillon, not Bacon, and um <laughs> and Meg. And this this is a great one liner, man. Um so he's he's got a crowbar and he's kind of walking around and uh, and he kind of whacks a tin. <laughs> and what does he say? Oh great, I killed the strawberry jam. <laughs>
4: oh, that's
1: oh yeah. That was a great one. Oh great, I killed the strawberry jam. They should that should be on a blob t shirt. <laughs> brilliant and we're only 50 minutes into the movie by this point <laughs> this movie's like yeah a,
3: it picks up it very show. quickly it yeah it, it really does blob jam just called it strawberry jam. i killed a strawberry jam
1: that's not a bad show dude great i killed the straw, strawberry jam yeah i
3: just copyrighted
1: that by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna edit it out so no one will ever know about it <laughs> no one will ever know that you said that <laughs> right so then we cut to the the cinema the kids those pesky kids they're they're there in the cinema. And uh, they're watching a movie, which is a complete rip of uh, Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's brilliant. You oh, I them love
4: them. it. I want a full movie of that. Uh, I want a the, full movie of what they're watching. I love the guy, the, the line that the guy says as well,
1: because he's sitting there making out. I and mean, they could see this guy up in the distance. He's like, it's a little too late to be trimming the hedges.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah.
1: You know, it's, and he's just like a serial killer with a Jason mask and a flipping uh, chainsaw. Brilliant. Uh, and then it cuts up to the projectionist. He's sitting up in his room, and he's got his yo-yo, which I thought was a great little touch as well, because that's how the it's the little details like that. You know, oh, yeah. when the the manager, in the next kill after this one is how he discovers it, sort of thing. So yeah, the project the projectionist, I think he hears noises going on in the vents, and he and he peers into the vents, and and he gets blobbed, um, and then we get to the next bit which is the movie theater owner which is played by the head of the wheelers as we mentioned earlier on from return to oz uh and he walks in and he just sees the yo-yo drop down which is, that's great because he's obviously like uh, uh and he looks up um and then splat blobbed also but when he looks up as well it's the same you know the, the faces on yeah. the yeah. ceiling just it's, moving it's, around and the,
3: it's the, 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 creepy they're it's just so good alive on some level it's just so fucked up
1: so good that's kill <sighs> number one. not the way i want to die no, me neither, man. <laughs> if the blob ever becomes a real thing, pff, screw that shit.
4: I'm sure you could make it. I honestly think that it could be something. That's another thing that's really scary. Is that this does seem like it could be possible. Yeah. You know, because yeah. uh, it it was um, man made.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. True. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. yeah, yeah. Sending to outer space.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the movie theater owner was kill number ten. Kill number eleven. Um, the uh, the kid. He turns around to the guy who's kind of chatting in the back in the cinema behind him. Uh, and he's he turns around and he's like, Hey, can you this guy's been chatting all the way through the movie? And the kid turns around and he's like, Hey, can you shut up? We're trying to watch it before he finishes. The blob just the blob just tentacle just kind of pulls him up into the air, and
4: he deserved it. He
1: deserved it, man. And then killed 12, 13, 14 and 15 because chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I counted up to about kill 15. I was trying to count them all because I love this bit, man. I absolutely love this bit. The strobes in this scene in that cinema. I just love it. Mm-hmm. It's such a... Oh, I would love to see that scene in a cinema. I love to sit in a cinema on a big screen and watch that scene of them in the cinema with the stride.
4: But also happening while you're watching it. So it happens in that cinema. And then someone's watching it happen to you while watching the blob, while watching the bl- another
2: movie.
1: Well, uh, yeah, man. Well, little was something I'm going to tell you about later. It's quite possible that that might happen. Well, maybe not the blob in the cinema, but there is a cinema. I'll come to this bit later on. But yes. Oh, I yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. but Yes that one kill in that scene, because there's a lot going on and it's quite hard to pin everything. I think I counted up to about kill, up to kill 15, I think. But there's the one, there's the, the woman on the floor with the glasses and um, uh, Shawnee Smith kind of, I think she even lifts, pulls, pulls her over or whatever. Or she, the woman tries to turn around and half of her face just kind of peels yeah. off, melts off into the floor.
4: Yeah, Again. I think the boys are trying to uh, run away as well or yeah. something like that, like, being kind of like cornered. Yes. Yeah. 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 Brilliant.
1: Right. Kill number sixteen. I think. I think we're up to kill number sixteen. Right. So this is the. They're in the sewers.
3: It, this I love this, is this. A contender to best.
2: I,
1: I. I think I agree with you on this one, man. Definitely. But I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to quickly skim through them all again at the end. Not. Not obviously read through them. But just kind of. I think if we need to vote for our, our own personal favourite kill from this movie. This is definitely a contender. Um, the obnoxious little kid. Uh, the friend gets pulled under the water. This is brutal, mm-hmm. This is brutal. When it when when he comes back up, his face looks like the the voodoo skull that Indiana Jones has to drink from in the Temple of Doom.
3: <laughs> oh, that
4: that's that's okay. Yeah, I can see that. Right.
3: One of those ballsy moves where people don't like killing kids in films, and this film oh. proves again and again it has got balls to spare, man. It doesn't care. Yeah.
4: It, it won't, doesn't care.
3: Because if the kid just disappears, oh no, the kid's died. No, 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 my friend. No, did it die? He's gonna pop up, half melted, screaming in pain. I and mean, that is that is serious <laughs> <some laughs> shit.
4: Imagine yeah. being there, like in person, with it actually being that, and you're there with the other kid. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? Right. Like, oh, man. you can't do anything. You're in a sewer. You're locked. At, you're locked down. I yeah. mean, they managed to, you know, like, get out of there and stuff, but like, shit.
3: But I don't know. Even now, it has been like, we're worming the seat. I'm like, and I know they're going to do it. I've seen the film like 50 times, but still, like, come on, man. Come on. Get out of there. Yeah.
1: I think that's probably one of my, I don't know. I was going to say, I think that's probably my favorite scene, the whole sewer
3: part of the movie yeah I, I love i think sewers
1: are very underused in horror i movies. love i love a sewer. that's that doesn't know what that says about me i love a sewer
3: <laughs> i understand <laughs> that
4: and if they are using horror movies they're used kind of poorly in my um
1: yeah i love it i love opinion. a sewer i love i love a multi-story car park i find them creepy i love a multi-story car park you've seen that film p2 i was about to
3: say that i have yeah, yeah.
1: Good, that's a good film um but yeah kill 16 i think it's 16 definitely a contender um i think that is pr- for me that's the the last of the great kills i think from yeah, here when on... it gets a
3: bit big it's yeah. like swiping people yeah it's kind of so, like yeah bending in half is kind of cool it's yeah, so... it's kind of
4: just adding to the kill um the kill count right now you know yeah yeah the body count at this point
1: That's right. So I think Kill 17 is is a guy in a hazmat suit in The Killers. Uh, uh, Sorry, Kill kill in The Killers. The one where it
3: comes up in the hazmat suit is pretty cool. Oh, I think that's this one. Uh,
4: Yeah, Okay, yeah.
3: I think
1: that's that's Kill 17. Yeah, there's a guy in a hazmat suit in The Sewers. He gets killed. This is quite a good one, actually. Kill 18, I believe, uh, with a blob, pulls Dr. Meadows down the manhole.
4: That one's really good.
1: That's a pretty good one. And he deserves, deserves it. Deserves it. He's a yeah. bastard. Played by Joe Seneca or Seneca or however, however you ever pronounce it. Dr. Meadows. Plays a great character, like a real bastard. But yeah, they, a great kill. Blob pulls him down again. The Blob's actually a bit of an anti-hero, really. Think about it. You know, he's cop-blocking potential rapists. Yeah. He's, he's killing yeah, off... He's annoying kids. He's Yeah, annoying kids. Dr. Meadows, who was just what he was going to let leave him down there to rot and die. You know, the Blob's actually not a bad dude.
4: Uh, um, I guess if you have that kind of point of view. I wouldn't we'll
1: want, we'll want to shake his hand, man. You'll end up like the can man. Um, <laughs> so, then, so then I think we've got kill 19, 20,
4: 21, 22, 23, 24, and
1: 25. I counted. Yeah, all the uh, dudes. That's where you, like you said, then it gets big. Yeah. Um, and the blobs, this is where the blobs crawling down the street, just kind of picking people off. And then yeah. killed 26, I counted, whereas he splat someone with a tentacle. Mm-hmm. Killed 27, I think, was um, the flamethrower, where he fires the oh, flamethrower. Oh, yeah. And the blob sticks his tentacle in the end of the flamethrower. And, and it kind of, I think it back, blows up, backfires, or something like that. Well, that's quite a good one.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to remember, there's so much that happens at the end of this movie.
1: Well, we're, we're I right think that of,
4: might be right.
1: We're right at the end of the kill list now, anyway. So then the kill 28 I've got down as the blob takes Deputy Bill Briggs. So that's the end of um, Toxic Man from Rubber Cop. Uh, and then there's a few more uh, soldiers in hazmat suits. And then that's it, which brings me up to about 31, I think I counted.
3: Well, did you count
4: the blob as being killed too? Oh, I didn't know. No. Well, that's a kill that is a kill well quote unquote yeah. until you watch the very end
1: you're right and he's killed dan explain how he's killed you'll probably explain this the best man how how he's killed and why what it is that kills him
3: what the guy gets pulled in half
1: no the blob itself
3: oh the blob itself it gets killed with um anti-freeze is it not
4: yeah
1: co2 or something. oh no,
3: yeah it's about to say not anti-freeze it's completely bloody opposite yeah co2 they blow up a co2 yeah. truck and it freezes it so they don't actually yeah, a good
4: man uh kevin Dillon.
3: oh yeah Kevin Dillon, not Kevin not Bacon. Kevin Bacon.
1: <laughs> um, dudes. Okay, so uh, fa- favorite kill.
4: I mean, I have one, but I don't think anybody's really going to think that it's you no know, like a contender for it. But I, I have to say, Paul's, and my reason behind it is because it's so iconic. It's what everybody knows. It's so brutal. It's what sets up this movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, it kind of sucks that kind of when he, it's being dropped on him it cuts away so you don't see it drop on him but the reveal of how big this thing is and just knowing like what it does is terrifying
3: yeah. so that
4: that's that's my favorite
3: because the drop could be oh he slid out away he
4: moved exactly out
3: you know what i mean yeah. the, the, the reveal yeah i agree with you man the reveal was fucking perfect he was like, oh no he didn't <laughs> he no it's
4: like no 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 <laughs> Your logic and everything you're thinking is happening is thrown out the window in this movie, and this yeah. is what sets it up.
3: Yeah. Definitely. Dan, so. what's how your favourite you kill? Fucking sequel, man. Like, really?
1: What was your favourite kill on this one, Dan?
3: Oh, right. Okay. It, it's, I think... the, the loaded sequel question. ...is the, the scariest, but I think the phone box has got to do it, purely because the layers of quite how fucked she is and quite how that builds up and up and up yeah. to her her, her hero is going to run in with a fire extinguisher and save her just gets slid still kind of alive across the glass i think that one has to win but as soon as a very close that's a step. very good one too very yeah
1: yeah i think mine i've got to agree with dustin i think mine's Paul's really i think mine's pulls yeah because that image just stayed with me man the first time i watched it first time it's
4: playing through my head constantly right now like out of all the other kills that's the one that i'm literally seeing right now and i didn't see any like um promo work or any like trailers or anything that like talks about this blob that's the image that they show
1: yeah definitely they're all great i mean they're all great in their own way they're all brutal they're all disgusting super inventive uh yeah for sure um but that one in particular i think that's the, the when i first saw that i didn't see it coming because i thought the guy was going to last the whole movie i watched that i was like damn <laughs> and yeah. i think i went i went to sleep that night and i woke up the next morning and i still had it in my mind i was like
4: Ooh. it stays with you man i mean it's same me with out. like the 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 sink one that's like my my second favorite one yeah is the sink because just be imagine being like melted and pulled you yeah. know ugh. Gross. Very painful.
3: What I say, what's so great about this film is it, it's... So, I mean, like, a dying's horrible, and there's many horrible ways to die, but you get beheaded, you get stabbed, all these sort of things. It's kind of slightly more instant. This is a slow, nasty, exceptionally painful one. I mean, it's just that everything is painful, it's claustrophobic. Fucking nightmare feel.
1: Yeah, I agree. So there is... Right, a little bit of blog trivia. So the original... 1958 version of the Blob has its own theme song, which uh, it sounds a bit like the Beach Boys doing tropical jazz. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that.
1: <laughs> so the the group the group were actually called the Five Blobs that did that song. For the Blob. I don't know if you knew that. The Five Blobs. I don't know if and, I knew the name. And yeah. it actually and it made it into the charts as well. <laughs> I don't know where it charted. Really? <laughs> what the?
4: <laughs> so uh, okay, that's know. really funny.
1: I don't know where uh, the five blobs with the blob made it into the charts. I don't know where it charted. But... I'm going on Spotify right now. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, add this to your Spotify playlist. <laughs> oh, there's
4: gonna... okay. oh, there's two
1: different versions? Oh, there's two different versions, right? Okay. It's
4: Well, on their thing, it has the blob, which has like a million plays, and then the blob, which has less than a thousand. Oh, okay. I'm confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that one's like a band that's covered, like a death metal band that's covered it or something.
4: I'm gonna play it after. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna maybe listen I'll, to it. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll drop the that that if that's a different version, I'll drop that at the end of the podcast. Or <laughs> um, so there was a sequel made in 1972, um, originally called Son of Blob, uh, which is I think it, it ended up with the title Beware the Blob. Dan, you've seen that, right? Beware the Blob. Beware the Blob. Yeah, it was they. It was originally called Son of Blob, but then they changed the title to Beware the Blob. Directed by none other than JR in Dallas. <laughs> wow. What's his name? Larry. His name. Can you remember his name? Remember. Dustin, can you Google it? Have you got your Google
4: up?
2: What is you it? Know?
1: Larry Hager or Hager or something like that?
4: For the second blob. The, um, I'm yeah, the, the number. I mean, get, the, the name.
3: I do I saw the second one years ago, but as far as I remember, it's got a really random opening.
4: Yeah, with a cat
3: um larry hagman that's it larry
4: hagman
1: from jr from dallas that's it yeah he directed it yeah is there, and there's there's this i haven't watched it but i've seen a couple of scenes from it and there's a scene with a guy in a bath and the blobs coming up the side of the bath and he just throws a shoe at it <laughs>
4: like, I don't That'll know do it. it. But this is the uh the cover of it
1: yeah there it is yeah that's a good that's, that's good.
4: a pretty sick cover man
1: that's a decent color isn't it yeah, but that's right, Dan. It opens with a scene of just a cat running around.
3: Yeah, and it's just the blob's there. It doesn't sort of say, oh, it's... Dub- I can't... I, you know, it's been so long since I've seen the original. Uh,
4: brilliant. But
3: I'm not sure how you, they got rid of it. You know
4: that the original like blob prop is still around, right? Really?
3: Oh, wow.
4: Yeah, there's, there's a thing that's... Uh, I forget where it is. Um, it might be in Philadelphia. This guy who owns like the actual blob, and it's a blob fest, and it's like right next to the movie theater. They preserved it and everything, so it's like this is the whole film location that they have like a, a blob fest every year, and everybody yeah, goes there, and it's all blobbed out and everything. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I'm coming on to that in a second. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, Beware the Blob, directed by Larry Hagman, aka J.R. in Dallas.
3: I've got
1: that song stuck in my head now. Avoid, I reckon Avoid Like the Plague. I don't know. Burgess Meredith's in it as well. Um,
3: Avoid Like the Plague? What? Beware the Blob?
1: <laughs> I'm joking. Nice, no, good. It's
3: good fun.
1: I, I'm, ch- I, no, I'm, I'm watching it as soon as we get off this call, off this chat.
4: Yeah, I'm going to rewatch the original and I'm going to watch uh, Beware the Blob after this and then the remake. Yeah, I'm going to watch now it. Now I'm in blob um, mood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah the blob lights. Uh, so, your blob
1: lights. <clears throat> so yeah, every year they also hold a special event called Blobfest, uh which is held on the account that the movie has become such a fan favorite and they hold it in the town of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, where That's certain, it. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah, where certain parts of the original movie were filmed including the, the movie theater scene. Uh and it's yep. a, <clears throat> apparently it's a, I don't know if they still do it. Um if they if they do, we should definitely go one year. I'm going I'm looking it up right now. It's a, it's a three-day ceremony um, where they they show... Screenings. Blobfest 2022, July
4: 8th through the 10th. No way. It's still, still on. They're on Facebook. You can go on Facebook and just look at Blobfest. Oh, man. Apparently. They also have it on Twitter. I'm going on Twitter right now. Oh, Blobfest.
1: So it, it's a three-day ceremony where they obviously sh- uh, have screenings of the Blob. Um, they have a, a car show display. I don't know what that's got to do with the Blob, but... Akasha and they also they also do a Steve McQueen lookalike competition
4: yes they do <laughs> I'm sending you guys a link to it right now to so you know which I think Daniel Craig should possibly enter um
1: and they also this is really cool actually they they get fans to reenact the scene uh, where terrified patrons flee the movie theater so they yep. and then they take a photo of it um that'd be great wouldn't it imagine that so i guess they just get them all to all to run out and then just take a snapshot like that scene where they're all fleeing from the theater. if you
4: um one great thing show. that after this what you guys should do is um, i don't know if you guys watch cinema massacre or anything on youtube um james rolfe who does like you know the angry video game nerd oh, nice. look, look up um cinema massacre and he went there and like talked to everybody and showed you how it's all run
1: Oh so wow. I'll okay. send you a link
4: to that, to that um after the show too so you guys can check that out.
1: Yeah, awesome and then we'll put it up as well. Yeah, brilliant, man. Uh, that that'd be great one year, man. We should I, I want to be, go really bad. I don't there. know I don't know when and I don't know how, but I think one year we should all go to Blobfest and we should all get that photo running out of the uh, running out of the movie theater. That'd be great. Let's do it. That'd be amazing. Do you think this movie could be remade, remade today? Do you think they could remake this movie today?
3: I wouldn't do it all practical because it would cost too much.
4: Yeah, I would say, like I was saying before, I think the only way to do it is if someone, um, if it was indie. Because if it was under, I think, a big name, they would just do too much CGI and not so much yes. practical. Oh, So, oh, indie yeah. is the way to go, man.
2: That's,
3: that's the thing I think. Because it's, I'm trying to say it's about chipping words. Doing it practical is not practical. I mean, it would cost, even an indie budget, it wouldn't have the budget to do as much practical because everything costs so much more now. Because, especially, because yeah. back when this was around, like 10, 15 mil was an indie film now mm-hmm. an indie film is a mill so indie film is, is a lot 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 less money involved in it and to do this practically now if it would be more expensive an indie film wouldn't have enough money but a big budget one would go why don't we just do it CGI or at least a lot of it's CGI Yeah, I mean, I it might have to be the
4: right director to be honest I think if you have the right director who has enough pull yeah. and like has a good say in it I think maybe they would probably be okay with it yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of good directors out there right now um, doing horror. Yeah. Um, the, the
1: the blob in the original movie was, was made out of uh, silicone and red dye. It actually looked quite delicious. It looked a bit like a dessert.
3: And silk parachute sheets as well, wasn't it? It
4: still looks like that, too. To this day, it's preserved very well.
1: Oh, wow. It looks like a big stress ball. Yeah. Um, but then the remake uh, was stop motion and puppetry, which I think
4: looks... That's what they, they would have to do it. If someone was going to do it, that's how they have to do it. This, uh, yeah, if they were to remake it, do it Maybe that
3: that's way. That's why it never got remade because they were like, oh, it's got to be practical. And they would, no. And I don't know. Oh, fuck it.
4: There's a lot of people that are doing like, stop stop motion effects and stuff. I mean, go on YouTube. There's so many people that yeah. do like, stop motion. I'm sure somebody it could probably good. do I, it.
3: I mean, if anyone could could pull this shit off, it would be James Wan. Yes.
4: I love James. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. He's been doing some uh, crazy shit lately.
3: Yeah, because that... Um, oh, what's the bloody name of the film? Dean, you know the one? Uh, Malignant? Malignant. My God, I fucking love that film. It's great. Uh, me
4: too. I've watched it, not even kidding you, 50 times. Really? Wow. Yeah, I love it so much. The score is amazing. It's just so batshit. Yeah. And it throws you through a loop. It's like this movie, you know? It, and yeah. It's all over the fucking place.
1: I'm so glad you guys love that, man, because... So many other people I spoke to hated it.
3: I'm like, how can you yeah. hate that? Because they're thing? not
4: into the artsy shit. Even yeah. know, it's not really artsy, but you know what I
3: mean? It is fucking... Do you know what? To me, it's all about that chair throw in the police department. Yeah. It's like yeah. The final cut move here, bang, there's no need for it. They just, he yeah. just, He just did it to be a cunt and I was like, perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. That scene kind of reminded me of The, of the Raid. Do you remember The Raid
3: with that? It is. It was... I I, I quite like this thing. I've got, I've got a theory of his sneaky remakes. And this is my theory. If Insidious is a remake of Poltergeist, this is a remake of Basket Case.
4: Yeah, yes. I, yes. I, oh, yeah. I agree on that one hundred percent. Now that yeah. you say that, yes.
1: <laughs> I actually said that when I left the cinema after watching it. I said that got a that's got That's probably of why this movie sounds
4: like feels so familiar.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah. I was watching, I was like, why does this feel so familiar to me? But now that
3: you say basket case, yeah. Yeah. Killing okay. all the doctors that separated them. Yeah. It's, and seriously, and also Insidious, the same thing. It's fucking poltergeist, updated.
4: Yeah, yeah. I and mean I the, think this series has gone on, on for far dream. too long, I feel, but yeah.
3: I think he's doing sneaky yeah. remakes, so I think once he gets his control film, where he's done like the, the big budget one to please the the bosses, he goes, Oh, I've got this idea and hasn't but yeah, it's essentially I think the next one of hundred percent his passion project will be another sneaky remake.
4: Yeah, he's doing an, he is filming a new one right now, but I don't remember what the fuck it's called. Oh, so he
3: is doing a new movie right now.
1: He's just done that archive, archi- oh, I can't even say it properly, archive 81. Yeah, Netflix. I started
3: watching that. I'm not, I'm not pulled in yet.
1: I haven't started it yet. I haven't started it. I've heard good things. Go I've, I've
3: heard, well, again, it's still people's opinions, but the podcast I've listened to, it's talked about, it, it said it's good, but it falls apart at the end. Right. And because I'm not drawn in from the beginning, I'm like, do I want to? Because there's so much stuff to watch now. Yeah. The endings. Yeah,
4: that's long. how I feel.
3: Do I want to yeah. commit like eight hours of my life? To sort of go. Oh, that was all right. Everyone says <laughs> that
4: about things
1: that yeah. Juan's involved. Well, involved in that. And I don't. I don't think. I think he only produced this, or maybe wrote it. I don't know. I don't think he's directed it. This Archive Eighty One. But with Juan films, a lot of people that I know that don't really like his stuff. Always, it's always because of the final. The, final, um, the last part of the movie they just think it will, it goes off on a bit of a tangent which is actually the bit that I love well,
2: I love it when it he goes
1: off into them dreamscapes and those really weird sort of dreamlands and, he, and he's, 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 a, he's got that trick where he, that one trick thing where he does with all the smoke on the floor and stuff I love that shit, I love all that yeah um and a lot of people I spoke to going oh, no, no, because he just does it at the end, it all kind of loses. I'm like, oh shut up. Well <laughs> oh, maybe. Well, if that's
3: if that's what they don't like about the end, maybe I'll watch it then because yeah, I, I
1: like that stuff. So well no, no, this I'm just saying that about Warren films in general. I don't know about Archive 81. I don't know. But I'm just, that's why I'm wondering if it does go off on a bit of a weird tangent, or like James Wan style, in which case if it does then I'm in. Because I love that kind of thing. But yeah. uh, so guys, thank you so much for joining me on this segment of the podcast. Um I've got a whole bunch of movies that I want to run by you guys to see if you've watched them. And Dan, I know you have two. We we went through a list the other day. You've got a whole bunch sitting on your shelf that I need to watch. Dustin, if you've got any you want to throw in a mix, dude, at any time. I have a
4: thing. I have a few. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got I've got a couple, um, but it has to be ones that one of us hasn't seen. It can be anyone, anyone. You know, as long as one of us hasn't seen it. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, uh, so before we move on to our guest interview with Bob Elmore, Dan, is there anything upcoming that you want to give a plug? Anything that you've got in the pipeline?
3: Uh, I've got nothing in the pipeline at the moment. Um, no, no, everything I'm working on is um, we have dates, books, and pre production plans, but I'm a great believer until you're on set doing it, it doesn't exist.
1: True, true say, man, true well, say. I, Dustin. I
3: have, if you want to check out my Insta handles, if you want to put me in the notes, I do, I make masks. I make currently making Killer Clowns Mount Space toys because no one's making them, so I am. Um, I
4: need to get those from you, by the way, because my son loves. <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
3: Uh, Dustin, anything you want
1: to give a plug, dude?
4: Uh, just my weekly podcast, uh, the Baron's Head Out podcast. Um, we uh, record on Saturdays, but we release uh, for our Patreons on Sunday and then for everybody else on Mondays. Um, this week, I think we're going to be uh, reviewing Maniac Cop. So that's going to be a really, really fun one. I know everybody loves Maniac Cop. Oh, yeah! So that's going to be a fun one. We just did the Evil Dead and this would be our fourth episode of the year so far um so that's pretty much all that we're doing right now is just plugging away on that
1: you're killing it man you're on fire i love it thank you uh okay guys the blob dan when you first asked me if i'd seen the blob my answer was no now i'm all blobbed out man i am king of the blobs i love this movie thank you so much for introducing it to me anyone out there that hasn't seen the blob what are you doing Get your shit together. Um, right, that's the end of
3: this. You sound like a smoker who's given up smoking. Now it's like no one should smoke. then now I stop. It's not the same. <laughs> Just, I said this, you were like, I don't know about this." Now you've seen it, you were like, "Everyone should watch it." Uh, it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's to the point of where I'm considering going to Bloodfest on the other side of the world.
3: <laughs> Everyone we'll make it
1: happen. Blubfest. Everyone should enter the Steve McQueen look-alike competition. We'll make it happen. We will. All right, guys. Cool. Thank you very much, and um, we'll uh, catch up on the next uh, on the next segment of. Oh my god! I can't
5: believe you never seen that. Thrill seekers, listen up! If you love everything horror themes, then check out Scaredirectory.co.uk.
2: We have everything listed, from scare mazes, screen parks, overnight experiences, immersive theatre, zombie events, and scary escape rooms. Simply type in your postcode to find the greatest events near you
3: and across the whole of the UK. You'll find all the latest info and
4: reviews on the UK's scariest attractions. And you can also leave your own reviews. Check us out
0: on Instagram, Facebook
1: and Twitter at Scare Directory. Welcome back to the Dean of the Dead podcast. Today's guest is a legendary Hollywood stuntman, mostly recognised for his role as the iconic Leatherface in Toby Hooper's 1986 sequel, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2.
0: Thirteen years ago. Audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. In the wake of this bizarre rampage, he vanished. Now, after more than a decade of silence, he has come out of hiding. This Chainsaw Massacre 2, the buzz is back. Directed by Toby Hooper.
1: Actor Bill Johnson was initially brought in for the role and is credited as the main actor, with Elmore hired in to do the stunts. Although Elmore is actually on screen as the character for 98% of the film's duration, proving him to be the true Leatherface in the movie. With other stunt and double work credits under his belt, such as The Monster Squad, Pirates of the Caribbean, Being John Malkovich, Usual Suspects, and even doubling for John Candy and Uncle Buck, Bob Elmore is truly a master of his craft. Although now retired, he continues to travel the globe to meet and greet fans at conventions, and we are super delighted to have him on the show. Here is our chat with Bob Elmore. Bob Elmore, welcome to the Dean of the Dead podcast. Thank you so much. How are you, sir?
0: Oh, I'm doing great, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love getting, you know, talking about The show's talking about that movie, that crazy Texas Chainsaw movie, which was unbelievably crazy. Who can out there, who can say that they worked with, with, uh, you know, Toby Hooper, number one, you know, and
1: then. Yeah, man, Tom Savini. Tom Savini.
0: Savini, yeah. I mean, Savini was just insane. He was just insane. He was. His whole crew were, and yeah. you know, and uh, Bill Mosley. Oh, oh my gosh!
1: I love oh, yes, yeah. man. I love Bill Mosley. I met him at a horror convention last. I keep saying last year. I keep forgetting that the pandemic just. When I say last year, I mean the year before. I met him.
0: He
5: was such a lovely guy. He was really cool. He
0: is really and
5: he really. really nice. Some performance on that movie. It really did give a amazing performance on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Yeah. That um, started him this
0: really cool. way. You know, I mean, I would get in trouble because I would just look at Bill Mosley and and he was driving me insane. You know, I was so, so bizarre and I wasn't reacting. so I'd get yelled at by, you know, Toby Hooper and everything. And so I have to get back into it. But he was just driving me nuts. It was just a lot of fun
1: i bet he's great um so bob being being a stuntman i can imagine that is a super tough demanding job so how did you get into that profession profession like how did wh- when did you what sort of drew you towards being a stuntman in the first place how did you get into doing that as a as a as a job
0: uh i started out as a i was a, at an amusement park in southern california called knott's berry farm and at Knott's they had a wild west stunt show and they We had characters in it. I played one of the characters. And that was started my, you know, my very beginning of my stunt career was doing. We were doing live shows every day, five days a week and all that. And uh, I started my first time at Knott's in 1974, I believe. And then went on different periods of time and ended up being there and um, doing a commercial for Knott's. And that's how I got on my Screen Actors Guild. Wow. So I got into that. But that was the start of it. And then training. I mean, I I got my card, and I didn't work for two and a half years. But in that two and a half years, I was training every day. You you know, you mentioned before about a professional athlete, and that's yeah. what stunt men are. Stunt women, they're they train like a professional. You know, yeah. they the whole nine yards.
1: Yeah. Do you ever um, do you ever visit Knott's Farm these days? Because I think they they put on like scare mazes that they – I think they've got like a horror. <laughs> scare <laughs> me! Right, it was a uh,
0: it was a uh, not scary farm. You know the yeah. haunted haunted all uh, farm, and I I played a gorilla one year. Somebody lit me on fire, and oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Do you ever rock up as <laughs> Leatherface, like the place that started it all? If you rocked up as Leatherface, because I know chainsaws are a big part of these scare parks. They're
0: a great big part of it. That was this was years ago, guys. Probably before yeah, you were born. You know that, uh, yeah. So I did that many, many times. But uh, uh, I was just talking about that with my wife. We're going to go back and uh, take a look at it right. at Nutsbury Farm. Anyway, right. but that's where I started.
1: Unbelievable. And so, right. in, in, in a lot of um, podcasts and interviews that I've listened to um, or watched that you've been in, and you always uh, mention how you've never really uh, professed to be an actual an actor, as it were. Oh. Um, so, like after a few of the stunt. Man, stunt man jobs that you've done for movies, and and particularly after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, did you ever like consider giving acting a go? Did you ever kind of think maybe I'll I'll go for a few roles and and audition and see how I get on? And then just didn't really kind of get anywhere, so you thought I'll just stick with the stunt man work? Or
0: absolutely, no, I'm not an actor. I've done stunt parts, yes, yeah, but I played myself quite a few times. But as an actor, no, that's so hard to do, and it's so yeah. hard to get into. And it's so hard to stay, you know, to make a living at it. And yeah. um, I have a quick—I—I I doubled John Candy the first time in a movie called Spaceballs. Wow! Wow! And I, and in doing that, I had to I had to take a luggage up a ladder, and I turned to the camera and I say, "You don't hear farts in space." It was the line. <laughs> wow. They were going to, you know, re- replace me with John, you know, but he was he couldn't get up the ladder anyway. Uh, <laughs> who was the director? Uh, shoot uh Mel Brooks was a director Mel Brooks yeah. Mel Brooks man wow so I did, I I did my it. thing and he, he turned to me and he goes good thing you're a stunt man cuz you're not an actor at all bob and I okay it was well, funny that Mel Brooks Yeah <laughs> you know I go okay I got gotcha. you but yeah <laughs> I, you know I have no idea.
5: I I mean he's always
0: kidding around Oh absolutely he's the That's nicest guy the Mel nicest Brooks. guy You know so that was a uh, I knew I, I'm not an actor. I'm not, so I never, you know, pursued it, and I, I don't claim to be an actor. And that's what I had a. It was pretty rough sometimes on on Chainsaw because I was doing all the acting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, how was Toby Hooper, I mean, was he was he um, was he quite intense to work with? His, uh...
0: Insane. Can I say that? Yeah, insane. <laughs> you can say what you like. Yeah, absolutely. Insane. That. Oh my god. You know. <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day, you know, and and God bless them both, they're both dead. But Toby Hooper and Dennis Hopper would get high every lunch at lunch every single day. Wow, wow.
1: I, I Dennis. So Hopper used to, he used to like to go and play golf with uh, Willie Nelson, didn't he? On he, well.
0: no, they'd have to go get him, they would go <laughs> get him off the golf, golf course <laughs> and bring him back to the set so we wow. could get going. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it was just quite an experience.
1: That is, oh man, just to just wow. to be able to live through that, and you're at you were there seeing all oh, this happen. That is
0: just unreal. amazing, unreal, unreal. Uh, you know, I mean, there were so many things that happened, and to to myself, I broke my wrist on the show. Uh, yeah, got sick, had to go. I went to the hospital so many times. They knew me when I would walk up and say, Bob, what did you do now? You know, <laughs> and uh, the sad part was that I. They, I couldn't be replaced because I'm doing both parts, acting and, and doubling myself. Yeah. So, like, wow. uh, and uh, we, uh, another stuntman, Dan Beringer, who was doubling Bill Mosley, did a stunt, and lo and behold, there was no film in the camera, oh. and he almost killed himself. So, he oh. had to go back again. Oh, oh that's, that's the kind of experiences we had on that. Wow.
5: Actually, I had a question kind of like relating to that. Um, the The question is, if I mean, when you signed up for this job, did you know that you were getting, you know, on board for something like that? Did you know that you were going to pretty much do, you know, the whole thing and not be credited in the end, you know, as the main actor? Or did that happen, you know, in kind of like uh, on, a, on a daily basis? I mean, did you guys realize that, that, you know, you were necessary basically for kind of like doing the whole thing?
0: Well, I, you know, we signed up, uh, I was a double, just a double, stunt double. We, uh, we rehearsed the truck scene that's on the bridge, you know, we did that in here in California and we got back there. We were all ready to to do this and we did it again. The, the light, lightning was terrible. So we had to go do it again. So now we end up, we go back and I'm in the scene where I uh, jump in the tunnel, I jump out a light, and that's where I uh, scare Caroline. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm all done for the day. You know, it's only 130 degrees in there, and it's <laughs> flipping hot. And I'm done, and I'm taking off my clothes. I'm ready. You know, I'm done. And they call me back. Said Bob, 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 come back to the set. Go, oh crap! What did I do now? And I get back there, and they go, Well, Bill can't lift the chainsaw. Go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this was all close ups, you know, him running after stretch and vice versa back and forth. And uh, he goes, Well, you can't lift it, so you're gonna have to. Quit. Wow, that, that was the start of it, you know. Wow, how did well, yeah, you basically didn't know when you
5: read the script, you thought there were like a, a bunch of scenes where you were needed, but then in the end, it turned out that, you, that basically the guy wasn't uh, uh, Bill wasn't. Capable
0: basically of doing most of the a- things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They He wow. got sick, supposedly got sick. So now I'm in there doing everything for uh, two weeks of acting, but I got paid a lot of money. Let me just clarify okay. that. That did really, the guy that hired me, John Moyo, the stunt coordinator, made them pay me an acting contract plus a double, and I doubled myself. Well, so, right. I got a- so it yeah. was a horrendous amount of money. It was
1: great. Yeah. How how did the um how did the, how did that chainsaw fight go down, man? I reckon like a it's like so choreographed, and I guess a fight is like a dance, isn't it? Almost, you know. So yeah,
0: absolutely,
1: you yeah. have to sort of choreograph it. And did the weight of the saw kind of help you get into the role as well? Like really, you know.
0: well, that you know, at the time I was very strong, so yeah, I could I could handle it very well. And it's a very you know you don't do a sword fight with a chainsaw. I mean, it's you, yeah. unheard of. And that's exactly what we put together, was a fight, a, a dancing sword fight with chainsaws. Yeah. How
1: long did it, did it take? Uh, the preparation for that and, you know, just getting that.
0: We, we prepped for weeks with that.
1: Wow. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Yeah, so it was a, we worked as a stunt team. We, You know, when you're on location, you work six days a week. Yeah. That's your contract. Yeah. And as a stunt team, we worked seven because we prepped on Sunday for Monday. So we were ahead of the game all the time because we he, had so much to do.
1: If you picked up, if you had any injuries, like if you kind of got really hurt during some of this, and you, had, you were kind of out for a couple of days, did you just have to kind of pull it together and just carry on because you're under contract and there's no. I
2: had,
0: I broke my wrist Ooh. and I had a half cast on and I would take the cast off and <clears throat> go back and film wherever we were doing. I don't remember what we were doing. Wow. And the wrist would swell up, so I put ice on it. Wow. Go, you know, and uh, whatever the scene was, if it was another scene, I'd do it all over. I mean, that's how I worked the rest of the show.
1: Um, The broken wrist. (laughs) That's illegal. That's back when men. Back when men. We
0: we worked uh, three days straight, I think three or four days. At the very end of the movie to the very last second, we were filming stuff everywhere. Because Toby was. You know trying to put as much on film as he could because he had a certain cutoff date and that was it no money after that period in the statement period wow so he we went crazy we were up for three days i believe wow no sleep we checked out of the hotel our families didn't know where we were at because we had checked out they they called the hotel looking for us and they we're gone and we're on set with our luggage you know
5: so ready. were you actually sleeping on set for me, <laughs> you were walking for three days straight without
0: without sleeping. We did three days without sleeping. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, that was crazy. It's like I had somebody take me to a spot and tell me what I was going to do, and I did it. And then they take me back and sit me down. And that's how that's how it ended. Every all of us were like that. And you were and in this
1: all- really in insane heat as well like really it's really low yeah
0: 120 degrees every single day
5: wow you know i was gonna ask you why because i heard you saying sometime that it was like the hardest um, gig you ever had and i was gonna ask you why but i'm i think i'm starting to understand why it was the hardest
0: Well, yeah. on set, with all the lights, it was like 140, 150 degrees. Wow. So you, you couldn't even you hardly breathe. And they tried to ventilate the uh, the sound stage, and they couldn't do it. You know, it was just like, okay, let's get this over with. And so we, you know, plowed through. But, oh, my God. Were uh, tensions running pretty high because of that? On oh. set? Like... we fought with everybody. Are you kidding? Everybody did everything to everybody. Wow. So bad. <laughs> wow you know and toby, toby was insane and he was yelling at everybody and smoking that cigar and it stunk and he you know dr pepper's everywhere and he was just back and forth and then higher than a kite and you know, trying to figure out where I'm
1: Dennis top is going
0: so it's quite an experience i never never have worked like that again in my career you know like that but maybe in the best you know and let me at the end of the show they were there was talk of me giving giving me credit for the role They yeah. talked about and you know, and they came to me and I said, you know, I don't really care You know, I at that point. Uh, hey man, I'm I made more money than anybody on the movie I mean, I'm and even Dennis Hopper I made more money than him wow. And the other actor on there, you know, I just I was doubling everything so I I did real well and I didn't care not at all but you know years later 30 years later somebody asked me well what did you do and I said well I did everything Mm. what do you mean you're not credited well I got stunt credit yeah I did and I said well look at the film and I'll tell you exactly what scenes I were in and after naming them all off goes, holy crap that's what started all this yeah as far as hearing that shows and getting the word out of what I did in the movie yes absolutely
5: if I may say sorry I mean maybe uh when you think about it at the time might have not been the best idea to just not get credited but in hindsight time spoke for you and uh, i mean everybody now recognizes you as the like uh, legitimate level face and text Absolutely. exchange so uh, I kind was, of, like,
0: it didn't really matter in the end And uh, now everybody knows and i tell this story of me and times which i don't mind doing because i like everyone to know this is what i did yes i did do this you know and yes you know uh i've got credit for other things i was the executioner on pirates uh one and three and they gave me credit on that i had no idea so it's not it's not up to you or you know unless you're a, a contracted actor you know about the credit so you can either get it or not it's it's all up to the producers well, Bob
1: Bob, Bob, Bob Elmore is is my favorite Leatherface man. You did, you did <laughs> Yeah, it's the most
0: it's the most recognized anyone. I am. it's crazy to be an iconic character like that, and that's what Leatherface is. Yeah. and I'm glad to be able I'm glad to be able to say I was one of the one of the Leatherfaces. So yeah, best, the best Leatherface, it's
5: most be- memorable. It's definitely the most memorable, thanks to Sabini's work as well. I think I mean it was on that movie it was absolutely. I think it was probably at his best just after day of the Dead well it had like perfected this craft I mean some of the special effects on that movie are just insane the realism and everything is just insane yeah. I, In fact I had a few questions about that as well
1: am I right am I right in thinking that um when when you guys were doing shows and conventions and going around that Bill Johnson was actually signing pictures uh, that were actually you <laughs> Did that, well, did that let me. He
0: had a he had a website, and I found it. You know, me going through the whatever, and I found his website, and I looked at it. And he goes, "Picture, you know, there was a thing on for pictures for sale." I said, "Oh, let me look." He had ten pictures on of them on there, and eight of them were myself. Oh man! Wow! So <laughs> I reached out. I reached out to him, and and I said, "Hey, look, you need to take this down because you're you're falsifying what you did and what you didn't do." And he did, but I've also done conventions with Bill also, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, it is it is what it is, I guess, because, you know, he, he had a, three close-ups in the movie. That's all yeah. he did. Right, right. And then when he goes to a show, he sells the three close-ups, and that's, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's
5: fine. About that, can I ask, I mean... Obviously, you told us you got paid a lot more because of uh, you know all the amount of work that you ended up doing. Did that piece, um, Toby Hooper off like still paying a bill for the job and then having to pay you on top of that? You
0: no, know, I, I I don't know what how that went because Bill was under contract, so he was he had to be there, and yeah. that's was too bad. Uh, I'm gonna give you an example for one week, seven days, six days. Uh, I cleared and I sent a check home. I think it was for $27,000. I paid or 38000 for six oh. days. Wow. But you break it down to how much we got paid per day. We got paid for driving a longer distance. We got paid for not getting our meals on time, which we never did. And so this accumulation of, of all this together. And they took my check around and they showed everybody. They were looking, look, look, look. You know, which was I go. Oh my god! And I, I called my wife. I said, "Look, I'm sending you a check." I go, "Please do not spend it all in one place." <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I go, "Pay some bills off, do something." And I go, "But keep a little because I want to go on vacation when this movie is over."
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's brave you know? sending it back to the missus.
0: <laughs> and uh, so that was unreal. I mean, that was the most I ever made. You know, in a week's time on a show. Now I. Come close a couple times in my career, but nothing like that.
1: Man, it sounds like you worked jolly hard for it, though. Man, it sounds like you worked oh, hard for it. I, in that we,
0: I'm sorry, boys. Yeah,
1: really Yeah, once yeah. um, what, never worked so hard in my life. Once the uh, once the filming had wrapped on on the set, did you get to keep any of the props? Did you bring any of the props home with you?
0: You know what? I I kept the tie, original tie that I used. Yeah, and I had uh, I had people sign the back of it, and I kept the teeth. Oh yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now I uh, I uh, carried those around. I don't know, I don't know how long. 25 years, over 25 years. Wow. And I just had them in a drawer or something, and I came across them, and I ended up selling the tie and the teeth to a collector at the time. His name was uh-huh. Landon Lee, and he was just a horrendous collector of stuff. Yeah. And I know so I, feel I said, of them. Yeah, there's oh, there's a few. This guy was unreal. He he paid me two thousand dollars for the tie.
5: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Big fan. Well, you
0: know, since you spoke of the teeth,
5: you just pro- you know prompted a question for me. I mean, I remember I watched the movie like I'm not even going to tell you how many times. But it always <laughs> stuck with me um, all the teeth leaking, especially when Carolyn uh, is around. Was that mainly you, or like because most of them are close-ups? I mean, was it you doing that? Because I always like felt to be sort of like weird. I thought like those teeth on top and licking them that way.
0: Bill did a close-up in the tunnel. One close-up in the tunnel. He did a close-up uh, when we did "Chance All Love" with the ice. One close-up. I did all that. Yeah, and then at the dinner table towards the end of the movie. He had one close-up in there. That's the three oh, right. that, he, that he did. No, I that did everything you. else. Saw Love, baby, that was me. It was mostly you, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. there's a
5: question that I'm really like desperate to ask you. Um, I, I wanted to ask you to describe to me The infamous parking lot scene which I've heard a lot, well not a lot, I heard about I never had the chance to see because I never had any versions of the dvd or blu-ray in which this scene is like in the extras and I know that it's been completely cut out of the you know of the um, all the edits basically but I heard that it was like very very over the top with the gore you know with the effects and I know
0: that that it was you doing that scene right right so what happens in that scene? Uh, Leatherface face comes out of the catering truck out the back and cuts everybody up, slaughters people. That's, you know,
5: how many people one, are we talking?
0: Yeah, I was, I did that one. They, you know, that was one that we did in that period of time where we were up for three days. All right. And that's, that's where they had to take us over to. And it was another set. We did our thing and then we d- took us back to the main set, you know, so it was, uh, a blur of, of action and but that was myself, yes.
5: And and how many people did you slaughter in that scene? Ten or fifteen. Wow.
0: That
5: must have been a good one. I need to find this scene. I need to.
0: People we're going everywhere. <laughs> you know, they were just doing everything, you know, and, and like you said, Savini was at his best. He was blood I never seen so much blood in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we did
5: I mean, yeah it's insane his work is insane in that movie absolutely yeah. one,
0: one for America You know, one version for that and then we did a Japanese version which was a lot more blood and gore so um, double. I should find that one <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to
1: do a fanboy find on that one so the, so the cook um, and I, I, I can never pronounce his name properly Jim Sidow Sidow See
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, so the cook. Um, so he was the only recurring character from the first uh, Chainsaw movie. Um, and did he give you any like pointers or or tips on sort of working with Toby Hooper, or did he maybe suggest you know anything based on how Gunnar Hansen prepared for the role in the first movie? Did he? Did he sort he,
0: of? He was such a nice guy. He tried. You know, he helped me out as much as he could. He really did. And I would we would talk about stuff. And uh, you know, I stole something from Gunner from the first one, which was the uh, chainsaw up in the air, shaking it in the air.
4: Yes, yes, it.
0: I did that that's one it. time. I did it once, and then they made yeah. Then they made me do it every time. Every yeah. time they would make yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was going. Oh my God! What you know? <laughs> but I, I, you know, I said okay. And they go. They kept telling me go do something. Well, I don't know what to do. So I did remember, because I watched uh, the original before we went to Texas to film ours, and I go, man, that was a great movie. I really liked it. Really, really liked it. And, you know, and they they tried to get Gunner to come back, and he was asking for a lot of money, and they wouldn't do it. Right. So, uh, but they screwed all those guys on the first one, never got paid, they didn't get anything for all that. Wow. You know? They started making money when they went on the circuit, as far as conventions. But that's it.
1: Right. Okay. That that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Did they um? Did they ask you back? Because there was a third one as well, where they it was R. A. Milanov, I think. Did did, did yeah. the third one? Did they ask you back for the third?
0: No, one, or? not at all. No, oh. I went on and you know, uh, fit, you know, well, it wasn't right after Chainsaw, but I did. Uh, I doubled. Uh, uh bill drake and dr giggles so it was good to see those guys back you know again yeah
5: right i used to love that movie yeah i remember i i have it on tape because i never found it on on blu-ray uh so i haven't seen it in a while because uh, i don't have a tape player anymore i mean i have it all disconnected and all that Uh, but i remember i used to read that movie was a lot of fun it was a really good movie
0: yeah well we did Uh, you know we we did a fight in a uh, operating room that was on fire, and oh, you know, oh. ended up burning eyelashes. All the hair on my arms were gone. We we were we did so much that uh, we burned our clothes up. We had to reuse stuff over and over again. It Was crazy. Another crazy one. Sorry. Wow. <laughs>
1: what what's the worst injury you've ever had on on a set like this? Maybe put you out of work for for days or weeks or.
0: Uh. I had an ankle injury I did for uh, Married with Children. We had a football scene and I hurt my ankle real bad. And that put me on a couple of weeks, you know, and uh, I had to recoup from that. But just, you know, I've been very lucky. Uh, just a broken wrist, which was on Texas. I had, yeah. uh, I did a movie called Everybody's All American. I doubled John Goodman on that and went through a glass window and I got cut up pretty good on that. I had to go to the hospital for that one. So, wow. That was a,
5: was, a was
0: it real glass? It was, yeah. It was tempered, but it was real. So you blow the blow the glass as you just start to enter it, and it's spider webs, so you don't have big chunks. But okay. glass is glass. So I mean, I came out. I had one. I have a scar on my right wrist that seventy four stitches on. Wow! Oh, gosh. And then all these other ones are all over my arms uh he didn't the character didn't have a shirt on so yeah that was fun in the hospital for that one too Bob <laughs> he, oh, yeah.
1: he was one tough dude he was he was one tough dude man
5: i remember reading many years ago on a fangoria that was uh, from right at the time when the film was being sh- was shooting or probably just finished shooting and started around um Carolyn Williams said, she mentions the fact that there were two leather faces in the movie. Back then, she didn't specify that you were doing most of the work. I think she wasn't even allowed to say, probably. She was kind of, like, not supposed to disclose that sort of detail. But she was mentioning uh, that um, you were a scary leather face to her. Yes. Yeah, whereas Bill was, like, more like the lobby dovey Leatherface, because he was the one most kind of mostly used for like, a where you know, the scenes where Leatherface is kind of like in love and, and being kind to her. So, did you kind of like what was your relationship like with her? Like, because obviously she mentions that you were scary because you were the one chasing her around with the chainsaw and and doing all the you know, the crazy action. But what kind of relationship did you Were you trying to like be, um, Kind to her, even though you were sort of like being aggressive. But how was that? That
0: the dynamics he, with her? It was Toby. Toby kept telling me, you know, to be—I was very physical with the, the the character because he, you know, he was—he's was a big physical guy. And we, when we were doing the scene in the uh, ice bucket, you know, the chainsaw love. Oh, yeah. I have the yeah, and I'm going up her thigh. Now I'm right there at her thigh, you know, and she's petrified. And I told her, I said, look, you know, I said, it's not going to cut you. We, we made sure, you know, I had to reassure her a lot that she wasn't going to get hurt. And we talked about it, and I made sure. And then we did a we did a scene, I think, in the butcher, someplace where I cut, uh, what's his name's face off. And I yeah. was holding it up, put it on her, and I pulled her up. Well, I just started, I didn't know what to do, so I just started dancing with her. Yeah. Now, just throwing her around, I'm physically throwing her around and around and around, and she didn't know what quite what to do with that, you know. So she got a little upset, and at the cut, you know, she was you know crying a little bit, and I apologized, and she, so you know, that she said that was not scripted. No, that was just something I come up with. Brilliant. You no, know, and uh, so we, you know, we we went off to the side, we had a chat, you know, hugged each other, and I said, you know, I'm sorry. And she's just, well, I was just a little overwhelmed. I said, that's, you know, I I apologize, but it was a great, it was a good scene, you know? Yeah, it It was was like brilliant. I thought Leatherface, being so physical, would do that with somebody.
5: It is so in character with what one would expect from somebody like Leatherface. It was just brilliant. I I always thought watching the movie that it was like just perfectly scripted, you know? so to find out that it wasn't it's amazing absolutely amazing it just improvised it that's amazing
0: yeah improv and uh you know and the whole thing and but i have again toby's yelling at me my stunt coordinator's yelling at me on the other side telling me what to do and stuff and i was like oh my god you know <laughs>
1: did you ever feel like running at Toby <laughs> with the chainsaw <laughs>
0: <laughs> at the end of the day we uh we had a sponsor it was lone star beer Mm. So, at the end of every day, they had a big container of beer beer outside, oh. so we would go we'd go pound four or five beers before we went to the hotel. It was just how how dehydrated we were, how tired we were it was just it was just, we didn't we didn't even want to eat we were so tired, yeah, so you know it was just it very intense <clears throat> we didn't have time to wash our clothes, so we were always sending somebody out to buy new underwear because we just threw them away. Oh could uh, watch one. it. It was, it was a very unique experience, guys. How,
1: how, how long did it take to shoot? How long was you did the whole movie take know. to shoot? How long was you on set for? About
0: three and a half months.
1: Oh wow! So long, right? Long, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a long, really sh- a long shoot. That is a long shoot. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was I was seven years old when the movie came out. Uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was seven years old, um, and and the movie's now a vintage thirty five years old uh And over the years, you've you know since the movie come out, you've traveled to various different events and various different conventions, and you know fans all over the world. They love to meet you. They love to meet you. You are, you know, in my mind, you are the greatest Leatherface. You know, I love that movie. I love your your portrayal of Leatherface. Have you ever had any um any weird fan experiences over the years? Like, and, and I bet you've signed thousands of chainsaws over. I,
0: I will. I will the- tell you. I will tell you with all honesty. That i come across one person who was very upset at me because he was a friend of bill johnson's
1: right okay
0: you know and when i stood up because he was pissing me off you know i go he's about four feet tall (laughs) and i just told him you know uh, yeah "Yeah, i don't need to hear you you don't need to be spewing that stuff around here and i'll see you later and he was removed but i have never come across anyone Other than that one person in all the things that I've done, who were not, people were not gracious, you know, gracious, grateful, uh, kind, whatever else you want to say, you know, not one, not one.
1: Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's
5: nice to hear. Yeah.
1: That is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I know we know, I mean, uh, us horror fans, we're a little bit kooky, (laughs) but we, oh, they're all insane but we've we've got such a such a passion and a love for for the genre you know and and when we get to speak to people like you for it, i mean even now I'm, i still can't believe i'm speaking a Leatherface. Uh, i can not
2: uh, but,
1: but yeah. you know but yeah you 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 know but um so um i know there's been there's been quite a lot of remakes and and uh, of the texas Chainsaw massacre franchise it's oh. been a lot of reboots and different various different actors and different leather faces so if they were to kind of remake uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, as as it is, you know, without changing much of the script, just kind of remaking that movie. Um, who, nowadays, like a two thousand and twenty one reboot, um, who who do you think uh, would be good uh, as the director? Who do you think would be good at directing it? Is there anyone out there you feel that could really do it justice? Um, and also, who do you think would make a good a good Leatherface now? Any anyone you can oh. think? Wow. Oh.
0: Uh. There's so many good young actors now. There's a lot of them. Directors, I'm not sure. Uh, You know who would be a good take on it would be, you know, James Wu, the fantastic action director. And he, you know, he could probably do it very well. Is that... As far as that... Who's that? Sorry,
1: Bob. Which one's that? James...
0: What's his name? James Wu? Not Wu? Oh,
1: James Wan.
0: James Wan. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He is incredible. Yeah, I'm a massive James Wan yeah.
0: fan. Yeah. But you have people out there today who are taking cameras, their phones, and making movies. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's yeah. the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah. You know, Definitely. you got so many people that are, are getting into stuff like that. And it's so easy, you know, and some are good, some are bad. But, yeah. you know, I encourage everybody to do it. Go, Absolutely. go. Make your phone and make a movie. You know? Absolutely. I-
1: I actually did this so me and,
0: play me and I don't know I don't know anybody
1: me and some me and some friends actually did this recently we actually took out we took out our iPhone 12 and we made it <laughs> it's actually on Amazon you I won't I won't uh, direct you to go and watch it because it is god awful but we did this we we took our phone we made a movie we shot it in a week we shot it on a budget of like 350 pounds and it's it's not bad it's not bad you know if we had a bigger budget <laughs> we absolutely. got it on amazon we got it on amazon <laughs> yeah. with the horror genre you can just be as creative as you want you can be so creative with it and i love it you know
0: no it's it's your mind is the only hold up i mean go create you know yeah. do yeah what is uh you know, do whatever absolutely
5: on special effects which is something that i kind of like is a bit of um, of a passion of mine from forever so Savini has always meant a lot in my life ever since i was a, a little child so was Savini on set a lot because I, I, if i understood well by that time it was like a, not very hands-on like he was on like Dawn of the Dead and, uh, and the early part of his career he was delegating more and then focusing on some maybe some more important effects so that's one side of the question. So Savini's uh, actual involvement physically as a person, rather than his crew, and then two particular effects which I wanted to ask how they work. One is the uh, well, the iconic chainsaw through the belly, and the other one is the hitchhiker because it's kind of like it's like a puppet. But I wanted to understand how do you wear it? It's you having it on the on the bridge scene for sure. Was it heavy? How was it made? It was like uh, maybe delicate, so you have to be careful with it. Or like I always wondered how that worked.
0: Okay, you know, Tom was uh, the pre-production was a long time for him getting ready to do the movie. So him and his crew, yeah, they put a lot of time in. When we showed up, they did a few other things. Tom was on call every day. That doesn't, you know, but his crew were there every single day. A lot of those guys. And, and he would come in uh, when he was needed. Otherwise, he was in, he was prepping in the shop. They had a huge special effects shop. The chainsaw mm-hmm. through the belly was uh, actual one saw in the front, a, a real one in the back with a, a bar piece of tube that went around me. And it had a cable that went through. So the back part was moving the front part. And they put it oh. on. I... I strapped it on, and then when we got it all covered up, it looked exactly what it looked like. And um, so, when the chain, you know, was moving, it was done with a cable, a metal cable through the bar, the round tube, from the front to the or the back to the front.
5: So the cable would be around the tube, or or going in front,
0: like around the tubes because it was flexible. So a flexible cable that went around and they fixed oh that that took a long time and then the oh uh nubbins who was the character that was the guy that got ran over in the first one that's uh brother yeah. or something he was just a pain in the ass uh yeah so i had mm-hmm. to deal with him on the truck with the real chainsaw and who was spewing oil and i'm slipping everything you know all over the place that was just a nightmare but you know and then again what do you do again i'm doing the dance with the, du- with yeah. the du- oh my oh my god <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> but that remains on on the memory of anybody who's seen that movie i mean i remember watching it as a kid and, and that freaked me out like properly when when you finally appear on that bridge it's kind of right. like because everything before is preparation to that and then from there the movie is kind of like is relentless oh yeah uh, how did you wear it because it was like it, it looks so like you are inside that thing at the beginning i had a
0: black i had a black cape on and uh, other than the face and they strapped it on i had my arms were strapped to his the body was strapped yeah. to mine and the legs were strapped to mine you know so it was like wearing a you know <laughs> another person in front of you right but it was all right. on tight so <laughs> it was right oh you know there's another you know uh, Ordeal because we had to do it twice because they didn't light it. Yeah. you know, that was just the whole the whole thing was just crazy.
1: So, Bob, uh, apart from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two, what is your favorite horror movie?
0: Oh my gosh, uh, Exorcist was scared oh. the crap out of me.
1: Absolute classic,
0: yeah, classic. You know, so I, th- as far as horror, I grew up on like uh, you know, Dracula, the Mummy, you know. Uh, frankenstein the old universal ones that's what i grew up on awesome and and other than that uh uh, i like horror movies i've I've watched a lot of them but uh uh that's about it though yeah yeah i saw a live
1: uh, a live show of the exorcist (coughs) here in London, they put on a live performance of it. And, um, it was actually scarier than a movie. It was so well done as a live show. It was, it was insane. The effects that they did. But yeah, I, I agree. That is, that's definitely a very, very scary movie. Even to this day, it's still, oh, yeah. um, it's a timeless time. held
5: up. Yeah, it definitely held up.
1: Um, right, cool. So just a couple more and then we'll wind it up. So, um, this is a little something we're doing each week. Uh, we're asking our guests to put a question forward for next week's guest. Uh, so last week we had on Tim Bartell, who was in a film called Society, and we asked him um, to put a question forward for for you, Bob. And uh, Tim's question was, um, when there's a lot of stunt blood involved in a job, um, do you get paid extra to be, to be covered? So if you know you're going to take on a job and you're going to get covered in a load of blood and goo and it's going to get messy, do they pay you more for that?
0: absolutely not that's all part of the deal right okay that's the job you know it's the more blood the better or you know conditions are the conditions and that's what you sign on to do Uh, yeah so no unless you physically you know fall off a horse or get hit by a car or you know you're in a big fight then there is extra money involved yes but to go on a set and they're gonna you know cover you in blood no
1: that's all part of the contract yeah yep Okay, cool. And uh, so we've got next week, we've got on uh, Russ Striner, who played the legendary uh, Johnny from George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, kickstarted the whole uh, zombie genre. Um, So, can we ask, can you put a question forward for Russ?
0: Absolutely. Uh, My question is how does he feel being an iconic horror character? Awesome
1: question. Awesome. Well, Bob Elmore, thank you so much, man. You are an absolute legend. Um, we really appreciate you coming onto the show. It's been so nice talking to you and hearing your stories. You are one tough mother, and we love you to bits. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, you thank you so you much.
0: Guys thank very you. much. This is again, this is this my my personal uh, favorite. You know, you, you guys are great. I appreciate it so much. I really do. Thank you. Goodbye. Peace Bye. out. Thank you, man.
5: Scare track. scare track.
1: Scare Track podcast. Let's get scared. Scare track is the UK's first podcast showcasing the scare attraction and haunted house industry. Our podcast offers on location review episodes, interview episodes, and much more. Whilst our video content on YouTube has Scarecam vlogs, Mini movie reviews, behind the screens episodes, and even more spooky content. For all things Scare Track, visit our website www.scaretrack.co.uk. That's scaretrack.co.uk.
3: Scary Thought of the Day When you wake up suddenly, In the middle of the night. It's because the terrifying thing that watches you while you sleep has got too close. Scary thought of the day.